0: Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the 4th String Sports Podcast. I'm your host Brady with my co-host Mitch Ann Skyler. Gentlemen, for the first time since the final buzzer rang in Game 6 of the NBA Finals last year, we are talking basketball. We are back to professional basketball here. And there was a lot of stuff that happened over this offseason. We touched on it in a couple of like separate episodes, um, some of the big storylines. And we did like an NBA free agency review and NBA draft and stuff, but, but guys, there was so much that happened. I mean, the, the jazz completely nuked the ship, Donovan Mitchell and, um, Rudy Gobert gone. Um, the Lakers bring in Russell Westbrook's arch nemesis, Pat Beverly, uh, the Celtics head coach gets suspended. Did he win coach the year last year? Odoka? Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah, so reigning coach of the year gets uh, suspended for the for the year for being just kind of a general turd, but also uh, banging the boss's wife. Um, you, we get uh, uh, there's like six other things that happened in this off that right now I'm just completely drawing a blank on. Um, Donovan Mitchell. No. Yeah, Donovan, Donovan Michonne, Mitchell, Gobert, Mitchell. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, uh, Walton, and Rudy Gobert already trained. Yeah. Oh, John Wall. John Chet Wall Holmgren goes was... to the Clippers. Chet Holmgren gets yeah, Chet drafted. Holmgren. Tears his ACL in a injured... pick me game. Um fucking uh, Katie stays and Kate... Kyrie
1: stays. Yeah, yeah Katie Kyrie and, Kyrie and Kyrie are Katie. staying.
0: No, it's it's crazy. Like it's crazy. I don't know why I just drew a blank on all of those those storylines there. But all of those storylines and more, Jalen Brunson gets paid to be the highest paid player. Um, you know, that the Knicks are gonna put their hopes on. Uh, you know it's yeah. good for him. They're keeping it in the family with the Brunsons. But we all kind of talked about when that happened that it's just a terrible move, and the Knicks are kind of a terrible basketball organization. Uh, but we'll talk about it here. We are doing our way too early preseason season predictions. Uh, preseason season pres, where we are going to uh, pick the top eight teams from the East and the West and also maybe those two other play-in teams, depending on how our uh, standings shake out. We're going to go over uh, the five major awards, Coach of the Year, Most Improved, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and MVP. We're excited to bring that all to you guys. The basketball season starts just around the corner. But let's start with our uh, season prediction, our season standing prediction. Gentlemen, do we want to start in the East, or do we want to start in the West?
2: I think the East. Let's, let's yeah. go with the West because I I because I think the East is going to be more contentious. Want to start in the
0: West?
1: Think I so. don't. No. I do.
2: I do think the East is going to be
0: more contentious. That's. I think, but that's just, I think it's
1: the West, but all right, we'll start wherever.
0: Yeah, let's start over in the West. So lots of storylines over there. Again, the Clippers. They had John Wall. are supposed to. They're going to be having uh, supposedly a fully healthy uh, Kawhi Leonard. And Paul George. So we'll see all those guys not win a playoff game this year. Um, the Golden State Warriors are coming off of their uh, championship uh, run and they re signed, who did they re sign? Wiseman and, or not Wiseman, Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins to massive yep. uh, contract extensions just a couple yes. of days ago. Um, the Nuggets the are.
1: Mom.
0: Yeah, right. But yeah, exactly. Um, the Nuggets are going to have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back to help with uh, Nikola Jokic. The Suns get beat by the Adelaide 36ers in the preseason, <laughs> um, after a crazy offseason where they did were able to bring back DeAndre Hunter. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies are, are really didn't make a ton of massive moves through in free agency. Um, uh, but uh, still have a great team. Minnesota added Rudy Gobert, uh, Dallas still has Luka Doncic, and and kind of we look we talked about some of their offseason moves there, um, as well as just, you know talking about everything with a healthy Anthony Davis and LeBron James with the Lakers going with Russell Westbrook. Could the Kings make the playoffs? Now they own the longest streak um, without a playoff appearance. Now that the Seattle Mariners RIP had made the playoffs this last year. Uh, And, and a couple of other teams, obviously in the West that we can talk about there. Um, You know, the Pelicans, um, the uh, San Antonio Spurs made some moves, uh, made some trades there. So yeah, uh, the Portland trailblazers still have Dame Willard. So Let's start with the West, and let's let's start down. Uh, let's go. All right, so let's kick it off with uh, the best buddy and handsomest guy on this uh, podcast, Mitch Collins. Mitch, start us off. Who
1: is your eight seed coming out of the West? Um, I'll go with the Clippers. Um, I think with Kawhi coming back and Paul George uh, probably be coming back. Uh, you know, they finally get their stars and like how many years um, I think compared with how they've really uh built up that depth, uh, especially the wing on their bench and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think they could be a really good team. The only thing that's keeping me from going them higher is just, I don't know what Hawaii is going to look like coming back from this injury that's kept him out for a while and how Paul George would look like. So until I see those guys actually play some basketball, um, I think eight is as high as I go, just given the potential that they could bring you you went eight
0: with the Clippers? Eight yeah. with the Clippers. So a Clippers wow. team that won forty-two games last year and made the playoffs. You think only gets up to the eight seed with a full with I mean
2: Kawhi and yeah. John Wall now on this team.
1: Yeah. But I mean I mean like it's an I old said, John
2: Wall, like I get it.
1: Yeah, like John Wall we hasn't played basketball. In a while. We don't know what he's like. Kawhi, coming back for the three, haven't seen him, you know. Paul George, the kind of the same thing, and I feel like there's a lot of teams that got a lot better, um, between uh, what they showed us in the postseason last year and the moves that they made. So, uh, that's where I have the Clippers right now until I see Kawhi and Paul George uh, play some real basketball. Like again, I just
2: I can't fathom like you guys really hate Paul George.
0: Well, it's because he's trash. No, no, I'm not. Look, I'm not saying he's, he's not, bad. I'm
1: just saying not. I no, just I no, no, okay what he looks like No, like injury. that's all. No, I'm like what I'm
2: saying, I'm not saying no, bitch. Like I, I understand your skepticism. I don't you get know. Brady's trash. Like I don't you know, get Brady's. Brady skepticism. just trashes on Brady him just and, hates Paul George and their. Coach. It's like, and yeah, anti. You know what? Yeah, I like, have a good reason
0: to hate Tyloo though
2: for I you know what
0: I yeah okay so at least you can admit you
2: have no good reason to hate
0: Paul George yeah no I don't I don't have a good but no here's the thing I have watched so much Paul George basketball where I've sat there and I've been like wow if this dude could just do anything half a percent better he'd be the greatest (laughs) basketball player okay but that's no reason to be like he's not a but he can't do anything half a percent better like like he's such a stagnant but there's nothing special about paul george there's 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 15 other guys in the league who can do everything paul george can do and can do it better yeah but he can do everything
2: and it's there's like 15
0: it's... other guys in the league who can do it all and can
1: do it better
2: i i'm gonna i we we can't get into this why, argument again
1: dude,
2: why does do it have to be
1: late to be good <sighs> Like, you don't have – like, he's good. He's yeah. good.
2: He doesn't have to be top 10 to be good, Brady. <laughs> he doesn't. Like, he's a good player. Like, I don't yeah, think I'm, like, a saying Robin. a lot by being, a like, number Paul 10. George is a good basketball player. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to move on because I'm not having – Yeah, what's your, what's your number eight, Skylar? My number eight – okay, I need to, like, pull up because, like, again, like Brady said – You want me
0: to go with my number eight while you pull your no, stuff up? No,
2: I, I have it. Y- yeah, you go with – I have my stuff. I just need to, like, go through my reasoning, and that's the thing where it's, <laughs> okay. Like, Where it's like, okay,
0: my number eight is the, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Listen, I, they've got four really good to great players in, uh, D'Angelo Russell, um, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert now and Anthony Edwards and, uh, kind of, you know, hinting at the future here, Anthony Edwards ends up being my prediction for most improved player this upcoming year. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think that it's all in all a good team. And I don't think it's a good enough team to, to get the solid wins in the West. I don't like the bench depth. I don't like I, – I, I truly don't like that by bringing in Rudy Gobert, you're going to allow Carl Anthony Towns to play the game that he wants to play, which is that he wants to be more of a perimeter stretch five than the game that he should be playing – which is him being a dominant interior man, because you're going to allow Rudy Gobert to play that position. So instead of having one guy do, you know, kind of kind of do what he's best at on being on the interior there, you're going to allow, you're going to run this, this twin towers fucking uh, uh, lineup that's going to go out there and isn't going to be able to hit a shot from anywhere outside of the paint. Rudy Gobert already can barely shoot inside the paint, right? How many 7.10 rebound games have we seen out of Rudy Gobert? but he's not a good facilitator. He's a great defensive player. Don't get me wrong. But if Carl if Anthony Towns, who already can't, can't really defend on the inside, if you're going to be lining both of them up down on the inside, defenses are going to go after Carl Anthony Towns every single possession. Um, D'Angelo Russell has not panned out the way that the uh, Timberwolves have wanted them to. And I think that by, by trading out guys like Patrick Beverly – they don't have, they don't have any bench depth, And so if one of their four guys goes down for an extended period of time, I don't have any faith that this team is going to be able to rattle off wins or be successful. Unlike a lot of other teams that we're going to talk about who are going to be coming back from injury. And when I look at the rest of the West, I can see either solid producers or teams that got better. And with the Timberwolves, it just kind of feels like you're doubling down to that center power forward position and it's not, it's not a successful, it, it, unfortunately, having stars at, at the big man positions, um, having your two biggest stars at the big man position, that's not how you win NBA basketball games in, in the current league. So I got to go to
1: Timberwolves at, at number eight.
2: Okay. Um, I'm just trying to make sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. I just, like, again, a lot happened. This offseason. And so I think I need to make sure like who's who's where? Like if that team's still good. Like, why are they good? Things like that. Because stuff changes basketball so quickly. So my number eight is, and we're going three different number eights, which is interesting. I think my point is now mute, uh moot. Uh, and that I'm going with the Pelicans. Um, I think that a lot of the same things that Mitch said about the Clippers can be um like can be put here too i i really like the roster that they're building um they're much younger than the clippers um but and we saw breakout performances from brandon ingram you have a good veteran in cj McCollum over there uh uh jason valanchunas is on this team and i keep forgetting he's on this i keep forgetting valanchunas is just in the nba Mm
1: -hmm. um
2: and then when i see him i'm like oh that's a good player you have a good player on your team
1: um (laughs)
2: Um, but the biggest thing that happened is Zion's back. And again, if you look at like the side, I had to look at it a couple of different times because they didn't label like what year was what I was like, <coughs> I was just like, oh, wow. Zion got really fat. I was like, oh, wait, no, he lost weight. Good for him. Um, and so like Zion being back, we did see when he was playing healthy. He was, I mean, a 20 point score, uh, double digit rebounder. Those kinds of things, the kind of player that we expected him to be, but because of uh, an inability to keep his weight down and inability to stay healthy, um, we haven't really seen a lot from him. And so I think that a lot of uh, the success of the Pelicans, they've they've had a lot of success outside of Zion being there. Last season, they were able to make it to the playoffs, uh, got bounced in the first round. but I think that and I think they'll stay right about there because I mean, it's I, I need to see from the Pelicans that they can prove it and they can stay. I think Zion being back gives them a boost. Um, but like everybody from 538 to uh, ESPN is saying that they're still going to be around that like 42, 43 win mark. And so that kind of just kind of proves that, again, a lot of people are, are expecting them to be kind of there. And I agree because I, I can't say they're going to do more until I can see them beat top level teams within this, within their own division. Like I'm thinking like Phoenix, Memphis, um, uh, Clippers, Lakers, like you can consistently beat those teams. Then I'll, then I'm like, okay, I'm confident. Like this is a good, good, roster, but I need to see you play up
0: against that competition. And so that's why I got Pelicans at eight. Pelicans at eight. Mitch coming in at number seven, who you got?
1: This is where I have the Pelicans because I'm more of a believer than Skylar in them.
2: Um, I'm just wait until we get to the Clippers,
1: bud. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You should. Um, I have the Pelicans here. Uh, you know what they saw, what we saw out of them the playoffs last year, obviously was amazing, especially the emergence of uh, Jose Alvarado, um, especially on that defensive end, and with Zion finally looking, you know, better in shape and healthy for the first time in a while. Um, I definitely think he gives them that boost. Um, but I'm just gonna put him here just because I don't know if we're gonna get. Zion back to how we saw them, like his rookie year, where he's averaging, uh, you know, like 20 points a game and almost shooting 100% like within the paint and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if we'll get him or a lesser version of that. So this team really, it all comes down to how Zion performs. Um, So I I don't feel any more confident uh, going higher than seven for the Pelicans until I see Zion.
0: We want to talk about confidence going higher than seven. Here's my number seven overall pick. Uh, or seventh pick for the standing. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, listen, <laughs> on paper. This is a good roster, right? By definition of having said, Russell Westbrook last fucking years and team. LeBron James, it's, it's, it's on paper, a solid enough roster to win you the necessary 43 to 45 games to get into that seed. Um, and, and I think that they're going to stay a little bit healthier than they did this last, really, you know, this last season and a half here. Um,
1: That's not hard.
0: No, we're it's not. Out, it's not not literally hard. not already hard. are
1: out two guys, though.
0: No, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely correct. No, no, no. You're absolutely correct. But right? They
2: need to miss, like, another person, and then they're on par.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then they're on par. Exactly. But by this time, by the time we started the season last year, they were out, like, six guys. So there's we're already in the plus oh, when it re-agent comes to, moves don't count when like. it comes to absolutely it does when it comes to uh when it comes to comes to this stuff listen um i just find it very hard to believe that with the combination of lebron james and anthony davis this team is going to end up missing out on the playoffs uh two years in a row um i don't think russell westbrook's going to be on the team very long i truly don't believe that
1: okay somebody's going to make we'll- a move
0: to end up uh, end up flipping that. And if the Lakers are intelligent, which I don't quite believe they are, but if they're intelligent, they're going to end up getting the necessary bench pieces that they need to um, to win these basketball games. Uh, what, what I think, where I think the Lakers are actually going to make their money is the fact that um, the expectation this year on the Lakers is a lot less than it had been the last few years, right? We saw them win a championship in a bubble, take it for what it's worth. And then come back and look like absolute horseshit um, the, uh, the next season there, um, largely because it was hurt uh, because of injuries. But what we also saw was that when Anthony Davis, and LeBron James have been on the court together, this is a very successful basketball team. So as long as they can keep that pairing there, given some of the lower tiered uh, Western teams, I think they're good enough to end up sneaking in at that number seven seat. So I'm going to go with the Lakers.
2: Hey, quick question, Mitch. Do you have the Lakers anywhere one to eight on your on your West? No. Good. You're smart. Neither do I. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert, but
0: <laughs> Oh, y'all can say what you want, and when the Lakers make the playoffs this year, I'm gonna fucking come for your guys' heads.
2: <laughs> okay, but the okay. caveat, they can't make it via the play in.
0: No, if they make the play. No, playing also counts here. Because you guys no. are both saying you don't have them. You don't have them. Do you have them 9 no, or 10? Play do you have them on 9, nine they, or 10? Think- do either I, of you I, have I, them 9 or 10? I didn't rank 9 or 10. You didn't even um, tell me to. If you had I, to rank I, 9 I, or I, 10, would I, you put I, the Lakers would, on there? I would put
1: them at 9 or 10. I would put them at 9 or 10. So
0: if they get the 8 seed or higher, I win this.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Great. I'll
2: take it. Okay, not everything's a competition Brady
0: no it's, it's <laughs> absolutely a competition here Skyler, who's your 17 you.
2: Mitch you did say your okay so um I have so Brady has more faith than anybody in the Lakers uh-huh. Mitch has more faith than uh I do in the pelicans uh-huh. and I have more faith than Brady does in the in the Timberwolves I have the Timberwolves at number seven um and it's really because when you do have a three-time defensive player of the year now on your team, your defense is going to get better. And there is one key part of this Minnesota Minnesota team that is different than the previous Utah teams that Gobert was a part of, is that I can look at their wing players and actually be confident that they have players that, you know, can defend, that can shoot the ball, that can um you know actually be a valuable member to the team um i'm looking at you donovan mitchell um, <laughs> he can't do all of those things he can usually he usually picks one a game and then that's what he does um but i i absolutely love what i saw out of um uh shit it's the kid from uh georgia
1: and edwards Edwards. Anthony
2: Edwards, yeah, Anthony Edwards. I absolutely, absolutely loved him. I I think that, um, what he is able to do on on the court is honestly very special. Um, he and he, I honestly, I I would, if it wasn't for one player that I think can do a little bit better, I I would totally put Anthony Edwards in the top, um, like he'll be a top vote or for most improved player. Um, I do think that like Rudy Gobert coming in is going to anchor that part of the defense that we saw was consistently being taken of advantage. I remember Brady completely and totally ranting about Minnesota being taken taken advantage of inside the paint and that Cat needed to do more and that he's not playing well enough as a defensive player. And I think he puts in. I do think that you can see successful big men um, like big men duos in this league, I think you can look at the Celtics and what they did with, um, uh, Al Horford and uh, Robert Williams. It's very similar. You have one that is much more defensively centered, um, goes in for the blocks, things like that. And Then you have one that is much more offensively minded, and focused. I will say I believe that Al Horford is a much better facilitator and just kind of passer in general than Cat is right now. Um, but like there, there are there are there is precedent for two big men systems working in the NBA. Um, if it wasn't for Chet Holmgren going down with a, his ACL tear, they were going to be doing something really similar in OKC. Um, so that that is part of it. And Chet Holmgren is built like a toothpick. These are two guys that are actually, like, you know, can
0: withstand a charge. Let's be fair. Um, Rudy Gobert is also kind of built like a toothpick. Like he, he is, if he turns but at sideways, least he, he actually... Falls like, between the cracks of a floorboards.
2: I know, but Chet Holmgren literally looks like... It looks yeah, like a skeleton playing basketball. Like that's that's literally. Like he makes
1: like, KD look bad. Yes, <laughs> he does.
2: He does. Um, but I I do think coming into this season, I'll agree with Brady D'Angelo. Russell has something to prove. Like he needs to prove that he is that player that they needed him to be. Again, Minnesota I think is going to do better than some of these other teams in the NBA, just because of the sheer talent of Russell Edwards, uh, Cat and. Rudy Gobert, but seven is as comfortable as I'm feeling feel about it, especially because there's six teams above them that have all had varying different levels of success and/or have superstar caliber players on their team. Um, whereas I can't say that about having a superstar can take over a game for Minnesota and then for the pelicans It's, it's if Zion can do that, then this team is better, but we don't know yet. So Minnesota have seven. Coming in at
0: number six. Mitch,
1: who you got? <clears throat> um, I'll go with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I think that the Jalen Brunson, uh, what he was able to bring, especially late last year, is going to hurt them. Now, granted, they do have Tim Hardaway coming back from injury, so he should help. Um, And Spencer did wait. Maybe he can be consistent of what we saw in flashes and that they can take care of that. But, well, that will be remain to be seen. I really don't like the move of JaVale McGee starting at center for them and bringing Christian Wood off the bench. I think Christian Wood's a better player at this point um, and he should be the starting center. So I think that kind of hurts them. Um, Otherwise the, honestly, for me, the bench kind of remains to be desired. Uh, White Powell can hit the three, which is nice. Maxi Cleaver can do that as well, but otherwise I don't think they bring anything uh, of what they need. Um, And we kind of saw last year that the, can only do so much so I think uh there's some better more rounded out teams in my top five than this so this is where I'm gonna put the Dallas Mavericks at number six
0: yeah so in the west here this stretch of six five four was so difficult for me to figure out because I think that each of these teams that I have on here I think are definitely good enough to move up even further but I just have real issues with them. Um, and number six, I'm actually going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I, this was the fifth best defense in basketball last year, but they lost, they lost a good amount of talent last year. Uh, they traded away Melton. They lost uh, Kyle Anderson and Jared Jackson's now hurt with an early uh, season injury. So I worry about that defense in a lot of ways. Um, they've still got really great players, but any team that brings in Danny Green to be a solid role player, I immediately have red flags on. Um, you know,
1: yeah,
0: he's out. yeah, but he's, uh, he, uh, was traded to the Grizzlies as part of that melton trade. So, yeah. um, uh, they've still got really good pieces. Tyus Jones Jr. against Jaron Jackson, but he's going to be hurt for uh, a good bit here. Um, uh, Brandon Clark. I really like Desmond Bain. I really like Steven Adams is obviously still there. Um, and then you've obviously got John ja Moran. Um, this is, I just worry about how this team's defensive continuity is going to look because the way that the Grizzlies made their money last year was points off of turnovers, um, getting points in transition. And now with some of the changes the league has made to some of those rules, some of the way that are some of, uh, of the, the roster that, uh, Memphis has lost, I don't. I don't fully see the the the, the, the carry over uh, in a lot of ways from last year's really talented roster. I didn't like the way that they drafted this last season. So I've got issues with Memphis. I'm going to put them at number six, but it's very close. Like four, five, six to me are all within maybe a game, a game and a half of each other by the end of the season here.
2: Okay. I don't like this. Okay. Um this one might surprise some people and it's honestly, cause looking at the rest of the West and like Brady said, like six through four could be interchangeable. I mean, honestly, six through three for me is interchangeable. Um, You can sure. put any of these different players and teams anywhere. It could be separated by a game. Tiebreakers could come in. Like um, I'm going to put Denver um, at six. Um, and it's really because I, the production we got out of Jokic last year was like solely based off of the fact that Javante Murray wasn't on the floor at all. Now he should be coming back, right? This season uh, he's supposed to play. Yeah, Jamal yes. Murray. Should, yeah, Jamal Murray is Jamal be uh, back Javante. This sorry. Yeah, Javante Murray is gonna be back, but Jamal Murray's. God damn it! Um, <coughs> you added. Uh, Bruce Brown um who I think helps with uh he can play anywhere from the one to the four um and brings a lot of versatility into that he's a, a very good defender um but but the thing that I don't like it for this team is that you're still relying a lot on Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon now Aaron Gordon had a pretty good season last year um what uh had 15 uh was uh fifteen points, um six rebounds, two and a half assists. Um, but you're, it's that power. You're you're starting to load up a lot at the four, and so I I, I need either I need Michael Porter to have that like breakout seat. Like we had what like two seasons ago, we had we had seen that he could play very well. The, that needs to return, and then Jamal Murray needs to be able to come back into form. Um, from where he was in the 2021 playoffs where it was uh trading with uh like 60 point games with donovan mitchell and like showing uh how he could be an elite scorer and facilitator if those things can continue that's going to do amazing things but those role players of those two role players of uh porter jr and eric and uh uh Aaron gordon and then i'm not knowing what murray's gonna bring to the table right now how healthy he's gonna be what their recovery process looks like that kind of makes me want to keep them at a six again of the like that second tier in the west they're definitely there but for me it's how do you get how do you can they get up there and so i'm kind of hedging my bets right now and saying they're going to be a little bit lower
0: um
1: on that list all right,
0: coming in at number five, Mitch, who you
1: got? Yeah, this is where I put uh, the Denver Nuggets. Um, I really like what they did this offseason. Uh, getting KCP to man that two spot I think is really well. He's, obviously, he's a great three-point shooter, and I think that's what this team has been missing. So to get that is awesome. Uh, like Scott said, bringing Bruce Brown to the bench and already having a guy like Jeff Green who showed uh, he can uh, still do what we saw him do uh, during that uh, Nets run against the Bucs. Um, I think those are great bench players for them, Um, but it's going to come down to those guys, uh, Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray and how they look after injury. So that's why it was really tough for me to really place them because if they're healthy, I think they're like at that number two seed spot, but I don't know what kind of version that they're going to give Jamal Murray. And I don't know about Michael Porter's, you know, availability. He could come back and hurt his back yet again. So it's just a big question mark there. So for me, five seems like a really good place. Uh, just with the questions that they do have.
0: Um. Yeah, number five here is where I put the LA Clippers. Um, I. I like. I have faith that the Clippers are going to be uh, better than they were last year. Right. Um, obviously, listen, I think Clippers have the most wing depth of any team in basketball. Um, for my hate on Ty Lue, I think that, you know, he's, he's a decent coach. Um, someone get that in writing. Someone yeah, right? get that in writing. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the biggest thing is just a fully healthy Kawhi Leonard because Kawhi Leonard is an absolute game changer offensively and defensively. He can score from anywhere on the court. He can guard anybody and their brother. And then when you add on a, a lot more of a fluid facilitator in John Wall, uh with some of that depth that you have across the board i really like what the clippers are going to be bringing to to the table here i don't love that they don't have a true center um i don't love a lot of that depth outside of the wing position um but i I think all in all the clippers are going to be a lot more successful this year than they were last year um i don't think they're going to be competing for a, a top seed for much of the season but um having that combination of namely Kawhi Leonard back, allowing John Wall uh, to run run point, whether he's starting um, or and coming off the bench to start the season out, but allowing Paul George to not be the first option, not even really be the second option, but to be that third option type player, I think is really beneficial for the Clippers. So I got them coming in at number five.
1: Oh, that's me. Shit. Okay. Um here
2: i'm gonna put the dallas mavericks at five um the jalen brunson loss is huge um they finally get rid of chris stapps right he's no longer on
1: yeah team. he was off the no. team
2: mid-season last year yeah yeah. He okay. so time. he's i mean he was off the team last season and he's still second in second in points on this team at least points per game um so Jalen Brunson is big. So now you're relying on Spencer Dinwiddie and um Christian Wood um to be those two kinds of of players. And I mean there's a like there's a reason for me why Christian Wood isn't like why you're starting other people over him like he he is a good player but he's so inconsistent and that's part of it is that is that like can you get consistency like because we all know luca's gonna be good like we know luca's gonna be a top five player in the league he always is um all right since he's since he's entered the nba except for maybe his rookie season he's been um like an amazing player for this team um, so you I need to see what, what they can get, and Christian Wood again, great player, but I, I know I know for a fact what I am getting out of Javel McGee every single time he's on the court. He's like he is an opposite of Christian Wood, and he's consistent, he is very consistent. Um, but I, I honestly think again Dallas could be a three-seed, they could be a five-seed. I I it's just they it's not that this team goes as far as Luca can take him because Luca can take him anywhere, but like how does Spencer did what he Christian would well, you lost Jalen Brunson, who was the obvious number two on this team. So who steps up? Is it Jaden Hardy? The, the rookie that you got is it's. Um, like Dorian Finney Smith, like, like you had Tim Hardaway Jr. Like you had some of these guys that were able to shine at different points, but nobody was consistently doing good things. And like, and like, uh, Brady say you should uh, when you when you're trading for green to come in like you're you're getting a little desperate there, um, so it's you you need you need better you need other scorers and you need other facilitators because you can't just because eventually people are going to catch up to Luka and I honestly think that the the players the teams ahead of them have multiple players that are that are easy, either solid role players or dynamic star players that that separate them where again dallas really only has the one star
1: um and that's really it all right
0: uh coming in at number four mitch who you got
1: uh this is where i got the phoenix suns um you know obviously this is a talented team went to the finals uh two years ago um but a very disappointing year how they did last year um and then this preseason getting beat by the adelaide 36ers so there's some questions there um But I think the whole Jay Crowder situation really hurts this team. Uh, With him saying he's not going to play, they're looking for the trade, so don't expect him to get any minutes. So that forces Cameron Johnson to come in, which I think he's an upgrade, honestly. But then that kind of makes me look at the bench. You know, it's Cameron Payne, Landry Schmidt, Torrey Craig, and Dario Sarge. And I don't know if that's really uh, a top three, like, seed in the West, uh, you know, kind of bench. And I think that's going to really hurt them, especially when you got, You know, a big man in DeAndre Eaton doesn't want to be there. Um, So I think there's just a lot going on, especially with the whole ownership kind of thing. So there's a lot of distractions. Chris Paul, you know, every uh, uh, postseason, he just looks older and older. I think that's going to hurt them. So uh, I think this is kind of their ceiling for me at number four.
0: Yeah, let's let's break out the party balloons because I think this is the first time any of us have agreed on a pick. Uh, I'm also going with the Phoenix Suns at number four. Um, it, it's, it's hard for me to, to take him any higher. Listen, Jake Crowder doesn't want to be there. Deandre Ayton never seemed that excited about, uh, the Suns matching his, uh, uh, offer he got from the Pacers. Um, and yeah, Mitch, I think you hit it exactly on the head really outside of Cam Johnson. Now the depth on that team does not look very good. They haven't shown that they really like to use Landry Schmidt, the way that we saw him work in Philadelphia and the way that we saw him work with the Clippers a little bit. Um, you know, Dario Saric and other Philadelphia cast off. Um, And and truly for me, it's just that the second Chris Paul goes down with a six week injury, which is going to happen at some point this season, I think this whole team falls apart because I don't think they have great depth at the point position. I think that if you end up switching it to move Devin Booker to point, you end up putting your offense at a serious disadvantage. I don't think Devin Booker is that good of a defensive player either. And DeAndre Ayton has, has shown, just a propensity to get dominated on the boards as he has to dominate on the boards. So I still think that when healthy, this core is good enough to get him up to the four seat, but that's as high as I can go with the Phoenix Suns right now.
2: Y'all we went three for three. I also put the Phoenix. Suns <laughs> <at four. laughs> um I mean everything everyone said. Like this team could be the number one overall seed. We've seen them be the number one overall seed. We've had Monty. We, I was wrong. Monty Williams won Coach of the Year last year. So you have back okay. to back the back to back Coach of the Year winner. Um,
1: nah. you have they've been the year before,
2: right? Um, you have uh. Uh, Devin Booker, who is you know become is right there with Luca and Trey as like the face of like the the new faces of the NBA, um, was the only one to have like an actually really okay relationship with a Kardashian, um, so props for that too, bud. Um,
0: that's not true. Caitlin was married to one for years.
2: I don't. I wouldn't say that that relationship was successful. <laughs>
0: come on they had two beautiful kids they were married for like yeah, 35 two beautiful years I, I i
2: know but i could also like I, all i'm saying is that kendall's the only one that's not it like that i don't see <laughs> shit about um that's where it's like okay good for you guys um but uh i mean chris paul is still one of the most intelligent players in the nba and we saw that like again last year's playoff performance after he turned what 30? 30 30 chris, chris paul chris paul is 37 yeah, Okay, because it was his 37th birthday. I couldn't remember because it was exactly when he had his birthday. He just like played like the, shit.
1: The son's wish he was 30.
2: I know. <laughs> Everyone does. Um his like when he turned 37, he played like shit, but this is still the same guy that I saw. While he could not dribble a basketball, still play better than a lot of players in the NBA. Because he's just that fucking intelligent. Um so, like all of that, DeAndre Aiden is for all of the shit we want to give him, has consistent has become better year after year um i yeah and then the whole uh jay crowder thing jay crowder's played for so many teams over the last five years i like he's a good player but he's definitely like he's definitely got an ego um if you can get something good for him awesome uh i i think the phoenix phoenix could be a finals team if they play the cards right um If they if Chris Paul shows that he still has some magic left in him, if Devin Booker is able to become better defensively, if DeAndre Aiden is like it's a lot of ifs, and that's why this team is at four, because even without those ifs, this team is still a playoff team. Like there's still a, a middle of the pack doing good kind of team. And I don't think that we we couldn't say that about Phoenix two years ago. Um like so that that of it of it of in itself um is worth like kind of looking back on it being like holy shit because this was a team that was won all of its games in the bubble and missed the playoffs um three seasons now, ago now yeah and now they have probably one of the best records over the last two years um i think that this team is just gonna is going to be good but we'll just have to see where it goes from there can't go
0: higher than four right now coming in at number trace mitch who you got
1: yeah, this is where I'm going to put the Methods Grizzlies. Uh, John Morant is turning into you know, a top 10 kind of guy in the NBA. Uh, Desmond Baines, a really good uh, second guy to him. Dylan Brooks is good when he's not trying to shoot every shot he gets. Um, uh, Steven Adams, I think, is kind of really rounded the form as their center. And I really like the some of the younger guys. You know, Tyus Jones has been a really good uh, six-man uh, backup point guard for them. Uh, Zaire Branding. Williams, Brandon Clark, uh, a lot of good young depth pieces, which I really like. I think what's really going to hurt them is uh, 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 Jaron Jackson Jr. being out for a good amount of time. and I think that's going to hurt them when it comes to the seating. If they're healthy, I'd probably put them up a little bit higher to where they were last year. But um, I think I'll go with three just because of the Jaron Jackson injury. But I think it's going to be a really good team this year again. Number
0: three. Sorry, go ahead,
2: Skyler. I I realized I was wrong. You said Danny Green went to Memphis. That's that's yeah. Danny bad. Green
0: went to Memphis. Yeah. Um, coming at number three for me last year's number four seed, the Dallas Mavericks. Listen, gentlemen, Dallas last year finished one game worse than the Warriors did for the the third overall seed. Dallas, with a roster and all its deficiencies that we had on it, finished one game away from the three seed. They then went on to beat Utah in the first round, beat the number one seeded Phoenix Suns in the second round, and then play uh, Golden State competitive through five games without Luka Doncic for some of them. A fully healthy Luka Doncic, adding Christian Wood, who averages, what, 18 points and 11 rebounds a game, um, to to a team that has shown a propensity to really focus on those three-point shooters, to have a guy like Christian Wood stay in the middle with JaVale McGee, have that one-two punch, don't forget, JaVale McGee was the second guy in the him and Anthony Davis punch when the Lakers won the their championship there. Uh, Dwight Howard was also obviously in that mix as well. Um, JaVale McGee is a very good basketball player. And having Christian Wood, another very good basketball player, um, into that mix is great. Um, I, I, I think that their bench, even without Jalen Brunson, is still about – it's at least exactly where it was last year. And exactly where it was last year got you to 52 wins, the fourth seed, one game away from the three seed, won you two playoff series, including against the number one team, the best record in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns last year. Um, and you did it really without having a true big man. You did it really without having true weapons outside of Luka Doncic. Now you've added true big men. You've added a couple of weapons. I like what Jason Kidd is building with the Dallas Mavericks, and I'm going to go with Dallas coming in at number three. Put that in fucking writing. <laughs> it's recorded. It's on here, man. <laughs> Honey, no, I need that in writing
2: because you can be like, "Oh, that was doctored. That was, doctor, yeah. <laughs> <It> was doctored. Yeah, <laughs> doctored." Because I, because for for those of you that don't know, me and Brady got in a whole tirade about Jason Kidd, uh, when he was hired by Ma- by Dallas a season ago, um, and so, I feel good. Um, number three, right? Yep. Uh, hey, bitch. We're all on the same page. I also have Memphis. Um. Uh. I honestly really like uh what jean Morant was able to do last season, um, and just kind of, of of the the two kind of rising teams between them and Dallas, uh, Memphis just felt like it was on more solid ground, um, and again I'll, I will preface this again, three to six, they could be jumbled up. Um, but those are just, it's the second tier of what I think of them be of them be the West is, um, or, Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I, I love what they have basically everywhere on that field. I, the Jaron Jackson injury is, is rough, but I mean, John Morant by himself was able to do some things that I hadn't seen done. He was single handedly was going up against the Warriors last year, uh, Almost taking that, t- taking over that ser- series. Desmond Bain is playing great. Uh, Dylan Brooks, uh, has the ability to play very, very well for this team. But I, I do think that he need he has a little bit more left in the, in the, um, in the tank where he can, he can do just a little bit more and he can get them over the hump. I think, uh, they're putting a lot of faith in Zaire Williams by, you know, trading away, um, uh, trading away D'Anthony Melton and then, uh, and, uh, moving on from Kyle Anderson. So they're, they want, they want to see what they can get out of Zaire Williams. Um, I, they're putting a lot of faith in D- in David Roddy, um, who they got in that trade with Philadelphia for Danny Green. Um, so those are some of those things. And they have four rookies on this team between Vince, uh, and two of them are on two way track. Uh, two-way contracts um so like there's a lot of really good things that i'm seeing from this team a lot of things that they can do very well um but i need to like they're just i need to see dylan brooks and brandon clark and some of those guys take like another step up for this to be like okay this is a finals team this is a this is a western conference finals team. this can compete with the likes of uh the golden state warriors who like we're going to be judging everybody against um like if they can do those kinds of things then like and play consistently and have someone other than uh John Morant, which I think that they can, and you've had Brooks and Clark and uh all of these other guys uh rise to the occasion um in that in that uh series with the Warriors. Um That you can get over the hump and make it to the conference finals, and then do and do even more if you can. Um, but they got to continue to play well offensively. They need to improve some of their um statistics defensively. But there's no reason that this team
0: can't make the three seed. All right, coming in at number two, Mitch.
1: Uh, you guys might hate me for this. I'm gonna go with the Minnesota Timberwolves at number two. Um. I'm not as concerned. I just assumed Gebert. you had a
0: missing in the playoffs. You, Oh, my God. No, nope.
1: nope. uh, I'm not as concerned about the Rudy Gobert uh, cat pairing as Brady is. Uh, like Skyler was saying uh, when he was talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves, we've seen that it, it can work uh, with what Al Horford and Robert Williams did. Uh, Brady's team, the Lakers, you know, Anthony <sighs> Davis, LeBron James, that's a two- you know, superstar, big man kind of combo. Don't you so fucking compare where...
0: anybody that the fucking Timberwolves <laughs> have to LeBron James or Anthony Davis. That is horse shit.
1: More available than Anthony Davis. Um, So with Rudy Gobert taking over the <sighs> defensive uh, uh, assignments, especially that uh, rim protector, you know, that was the biggest criticism we kind of had for Cat, especially in the playoffs. And so now that that's kind of off his uh, plate, I feel like he'll be able to be more efficient for them at that power forward position. Um, I think Ant Edwards is going to take that uh, next step and be even better than what we saw in the playoffs, um, or at least, uh, consistently like at that performance. Um, um, I think Jaden McDaniels is a young, uh, uh young upstart and that there's a reason why the jazz are trying to get him the Minnesota Timberwolves told him no. So I think he can step into that spot. Um, Vacated by Jared Vanderbilt and D'Angelo Russell, yes, absolutely. He's got to step up for this team to realize. It. And I think he does just because the I think the Timberwolves, after they made that Rodrigo Bear trade, they know that this 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 is their moment. If they want to do something to make a deep playoff run, this is the team that's got that's gotta do it. So I think he can step up a little bit. And I like some of the, the bench pieces. I think Kyle Anderson's gonna be huge for them. Um Bird Farms is a great three-point shooter, which you know every team's gonna need. Um, And I think Austin Rivers and Toronto Prince can be solid guys for them. So um, I think, uh, I think then you go uh, number two. And I know that's kind of outlandish, but uh, going into uh, last season, uh, did we really expect the Memphis Grizzlies to be a top two seed in the West? uh, You know, when it was all said and done? No. So I think the Minnesota Timberwolves can do something similar this year.
2: But the Memphis Grizzlies weren't a top two seed in the West when it was also yes, setting. they were.
0: Memphis was the number two seed last year.
2: Oh shit, you're right. <sighs> oh, because Golden State was like what the three?
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean. Wow. Okay. Have... So so we'll we'll, no. we'll keep it just
1: proving my point.
0: We'll keep it moving here. So listen, I'll go to my number two seed. It I thought I was gonna be the surprising one. With my two seed. I'm going with the Golden State Warriors in number two. Um, Listen, there's a number one team that I like (laughs) a little bit more than I like Golden State all around. Um, I still think Golden State is still my favorite overall to win the West. There's no doubt about that. But Golden State is going to do something that the other number one team I don't think is going to do on a consistent basis, which is that they're going to rest their guys. Klay Thompson is going to be on a minutes restriction. Draymond Green's throwing punches in practice. Um, You lost a little bit of depth. You've got great young pieces and guys like Mooney and, um, and Wiseman we think are going to get a lot of games this year, probably about 15 to 20 where they're going to be out there, the starters and clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond green, um, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Kevon Looney. Those guys are going to have their resting games. There's going to be quite a few of that with golden state as they did last year. Because of that, I think golden state drops a couple more games than they realistically should. Um, so I have them coming into my number two seed, but they're still my overall favorite to win the West.
2: That's a horseshit response. And you know, Oh my God, I hate you. Um, I hate both of you, and you're gonna hate me for my number two—the Portland Trailblazers. Is that no? <laughs> <laughs> is that oh, your number god. one?
0: <laughs> oh god, I don't know. We got to no, find give out. us Skylar. your number two?
2: Yeah, so my number two too. is the Clippers. Um, That's right. I honestly think it. I mean, this is like you look at their. The deepest, probably the deepest team in the NBA with the Golden State losing both Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton um Jr. The third. What? No. Um so like that, like they are the deepest team. Um because <laughs> even without even without John, like if John Wall is injured or does whatever whatever happens with him, you still have Reggie Jackson that turned out to be a breakout player for you last year. This is veteran talent where you have Reggie Jackson, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Marcus Morris. um, Who else is on this roster? Um, Luke Kennard, uh, Nicholas Batum. uh, Like, these are guys that have, have played a ton of years. Norman Powell. Uh, a ton of years, five plus years in the NBA, they know what it takes in order to to be a good team. And again, I don't hate Tyloo as much as everyone else in this podcast does, and I don't hate uh, Paul George nearly as much as Brady does. Um, he's a good player, and again, he's shown the ability to, um, like a, a key thing that I think a lot of us were wondering was what is 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 like when you have all of these players together. Like, and something that I can t- continuously said about the Brooklyn Nets, and when we get to the East, I'll talk about it, is that these egos, like, drive me crazy. And when you have George Kawhi and John Wall, like, we have heard nothing of the egos, uh, of of the ego trips that we're hearing in Brooklyn, where it's like you probably have three, again, three very talented players, uh, like you do in, like, where, like you do in, in the, the Clippers, but you have a head coach that actually knows how to manage superstars, whereas Steve Nash doesn't seem to know what the fuck he's doing. And then you have um, Paul George and his team actually, like, spending time together and actually going and working out <laughs> together in the offseason and actually doing things together and trying to build chemistry as a team where it seems that, like, KD and Kyrie and all of these other guys don't want to be anywhere near each other. So it's like you're you are talking about this is, like, with Kawhi coming back, with John Wall having sat out an entire season, again, those are two things that we have to see. How do you respond from that? But when I'm also looking at John Wall, who is a, who averages 19 points and nine assists per game um, over his career, those are things that, like, you needed a facilitator. You got a facilitator. You were a slow team. You got one of the fastest players to ever play in the NBA on your team now, in John Wall, even as he got up there in age. Like, those are things that you needed. You got that. You, you put the effort to actually – like fill those holes on your team and now you're mm-hmm. like and you're the best team in LA right now because it goes to the point I have LA two, like That's the Clippers perfect. in two I don't even know if the Lakers will make the playoffs this season um and so I got Clippers in two I'm high on the Clippers I don't even want to know who Brady's number one team is because I can't think of it right now
0: oh um, then you haven't
2: been I, paying attention Sonny I really haven't because and but- also mitch having minnesota at two kind of shocked me um and i might have forgotten a book wait no now i have to think okay brady or just
0: go to number ones now so So mitch number one who you got the portland trip the
1: sacramento
0: king number one seat out of the west the adelaide 36er (laughs)
1: listen keegan murray is built different guys (laughs) i'm just saying (laughs) No, uh, obviously it's the Golden State Warriors. I mean, they've got that, you know, the starting lineup that won them a championship last year is all intact. Jordan Poole is a great number six, but, uh, you know, probably will be starting soon. So that top six very deadly. Uh, getting a guy like Divincenzo, I think, will help. Uh, especially at that the you know one through three position where I think they desperately needed some better depth. Um, and with Wiseman being healthy, they've finally got some big man depth, and I think. Uh, Moses Moody in the come bucket can take that number step forward to really enhance the depth so I think it's just going to be I think it's potentially going to be a better team than what we saw last year especially with uh Clay Thompson just being another year away uh, healthier from that injury so they're my number one in the West
0: my number one in the West is the team that won the West the last two times this dude's been healthy for a full season the Denver Nuggets um, with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, that's a, that's a hell of a one two punch, you guys. And we talked wait, about no,
2: okay, no, no, wait, no, okay, can we back up? When we back. When you say won the West, you mean got the number one, yeah,
0: was the number one seat.
2: Oh, that the fuck you. Um,
0: guys, I like what the Nuggets have got here. Like Mitch already kind of ran through some of their roster, but a fully healthy Jamal Murray to go with Nikola Jokic, who's one, uh, M- who just won MVP and. And you can make a solid argument for should have won MVP each of the last three seasons, right? One of the best big men in basketball who has the ability to shoot, has the ability to facilitate, can do it from all across the court. And then you add in uh, Bruce Brown, who I've absolutely loved. He was the only shiny uh, player of the Nets playoffs last season and played fantastic from the year before that. Adding Contavious Caldwell Pope is huge. They've still got my boy Bones Highland on roster. Um, I love Jeff Green. Uh Michael Porter Jr. being fully healthy. Um, and then you add on just a couple of those other uh kind of uh you know bench-ish players, DeAndre Jordan, Ish Smith, um Aaron Gordon, who are on there. Listen, I, I think that this is a Nuggets team that can go really far if they can stay fully healthy here. And I fully expect them to. Um, I'm not worried about Jamal Murray coming back from injury because Jamal Murray works so well in conjunction with Nikola Jokic, right? Unlike Kawhi doesn't work with Paul George. Paul George works with Kawhi. Um, You know, uh, LeBron doesn't work. We're sorry. uh, Anthony Davis doesn't work with LeBron. LeBron works with Anthony Davis, right? This is where there's that inverse, which is that one reason that Jamal Murray is so good is because he gets to play with Nikola Jokic, who's a matchup nightmare across the board. Um, and so, yeah, I got the, I got the Denver Nuggets. I think that they've added to their bench, which has been their key, their largest criticism, um, outside of injuries. And now that this team is starting a season fully healthy, which they have not done the last two seasons. Now. Um, I think that they're going to be solid. This team won back-to-back number one season in the, in the, uh, Western conference, uh, the last two years that Jamal Murray's been fully healthy for them. I fully expect them. If Jamal Murray stays fully healthy and I hope pray think that he will the Denver, the, the Denver Nuggets will take that number one seed coming out of the West.
2: Okay, like I get it, I respect it. But you say won the West? I'm like they, Denver Nuggets. Sorry, yes, didn't didn't
1: actually yeah, win the West no, in terms. Of, no, no they made conference the finals. I mean, technically. No, and
2: I, I I have to I have to point out every season that Clay Thompson, uh, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green have have been healthy. They've come out of the West.
0: You're perfect you're you are you are you you are absolutely correct. But we're not talking about right now who's coming out of the West for the NBA finals. I've already said I think the Warriors should do it now. We're talking about seedings and I think the, the Nuggets take the number one seed. Sky You are such a semantic king, it's like I fucking hate. What it. do you mean a semantic king? i you're like I stated know, it's like, no, no, I stated when I talked no, about it, my <laughs> Warriors pick. I stated at the very beginning that no, even though no, I have this team no, coming in at number no, two, I, and I gave a very good reason, which is that the no, Warriors rest their starters no, as to why. Did, but but I stated I, that that okay, Warriors team was going to win the West. I'm looking
2: at one through eight, and I'm not like, okay, no, because how this team and how this coach in this front office approach a season, they're going to make sure that they rest these game these players. That's these exactly kinds how you moment. should
0: look at it, though. No, you am no, looking at who's you, the best team in the fucking West. You're, yeah, you can look at who's the best team in the West, but when. When 75% of the league rests starters for almost a third of the season, how do you think that's going to play out, Skylar?
2: Okay. I, all I'm saying is that when I'm looking at this ranking, I'm going, who is the best team in that conference one through eight? Who do you have at number one? Golden State, you motherfucker. <laughs> because Four that five. is, is – It is – that Like, that is – that is the number one team in the West. it is number one team in the West until proven otherwise. You have uh Steph Curry, who again is c- continuously doing well. You have Clay Thompson who's uh healthy for the first time to begin the season within the last two years. You also have James Wyman, James Wiseman coming back from uh a season, uh like season ending injuries. You have um uh Draymond Green, who even despite throwing punches at people at practice, is uh was continues to be one of the best defenders in the league and one of the most underrated players in terms of just his impact. Word Brady really likes impact on a game. Um
0: effect, Skylar. Effect. effect It's, it's always def- been effect.
1: Don't make don't make me say the burn again. Is it's it, always okay. been
0: effect, and you've always said it's impact. The, it's effect. It's it's the same thing. <sighs> it's not, it's not, it's not.
2: Okay. Effect on the game. Um I had a point and I lost it. Um. You also got Jordan Poole playing Lights Out, just got his massive extension. Talk about Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, who are two great young players on this team as well. They con- consistently are reloading, bringing in younger players to just play amazingly for this team, and probably have the best head coach in the NBA in Steve Kerr, who can put together any fucking kind of roster combination he needs to in order to win games and win finals. This is the best team It will continue to be the best team until someone unseats them and i i it's i i can't see any any team in the west competing with them right now at the level that golden state can play just in terms of talent intelligence and just drive that is on the court that has to go to golden
0: state yeah and i'll agree with you best of seven series i don't think anybody in the west competes with golden state overall the entire season i think denver ends up with a better record so let's (laughs) let's move on over To the Eastern Conference. Let's get bloody with it, boys. We have... um, (laughs) I'd like to also remind the the
2: listeners, I said beginning, we'll start with the West because it'll be less contentious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I told you. I'd also like to point out, for the sake of the podcast, that every time that I say that everyone on the podcast has an opinion, I mean my other two uh, co-hosts. And every time my other two co-hosts say, everybody on this podcast has an opinion, they mean solely me. (laughs) Um, so (laughs) let's head over to the West enough for the both of us. Yeah. Let's head over to the East. Uh, Mitch coming in at
1: number eight, who you got and why? Uh, I'm going to go with the Miami heat right here. Um, I think this is one of the weaker heat teams in recent years, uh, losing, uh, PJ Tucker, at the power forward position now forces Jimmy Butler to play at the four and, I just really don't like that. I think it's a mismatch, especially when he's going to, up against other players at that four. Um Kyle Lowry, I think, has just shown that he's kind of been in a decline. And Tyler Hero has been okay coming off the bench. Uh, and then looking at their bench, there's just not to like not a lot to like. I think Max Trush is a really good bench player, probably their best. Duncan Robinson, uh, has shown that he's been unplayable. Victor Otolipo has shown he's been good in spurts, uh but, Keith is helping Gabe Vincent's all right. Otherwise, I just really don't like this uh Heat team, and I feel like they didn't really capitalize um, this offseason just because of the whole KD situation where I feel like the seven teams above them uh, improved uh, where they declined.
0: Interesting. Coming in at number eight for me, I've got the Toronto Raptors. Um, I think that everything that, makes the best teams in the east good the raptors do like half a degree less pascal siakam's a great player fred van vliet's wildly inconsistent and has not been worth the money that you paid him after you won the title um who is there who is there the dude who won the award for them last year was that precious scotty Barnes? barnes scotty barnes i'm sorry scotty barnes rookie of the year yeah scotty barnes is absolutely fantastic but outside of those three guys I really struggle to see pieces that I like on this team. Now, listen, you got Bo Cruz. That's awesome. Cool little storyline there, right? But I just don't see tons of areas that I really like. You picked up Otto Porter Jr., but he's not hes not going to give you 15 points. I don't even think he's going to give you 10 points a game and a couple of rebounds. Uh, I like Precious Achille up um, on the team. They've got a couple of uh, solid young guards there but i just i don't like this team outside of those core 3 of Scotty Barnes, Fred Van VanVleet and Pascal Siakam and even then uh, scotty barnes is a great player there's probably eight other guards minimum um sorry eight other forwards minimum in the in the east that i would take over scotty barnes and there's probably 10 other guards in the east i take over fred vanvleet um so i got i got the raptors coming in at number 8 <clears throat>
2: For as much as i love to yell at my cousin i agree with him on this one i also have toronto coming in at eight um just yeah. really seems smart because he goes first um no it's fine i i, I, I went say first because every- you
0: were dicking around with your
2: notes jackass i know because <laughs> i was trying to form a, a nice opinion and that's you called out um it happens anyways. Uh, I for everything Brady said, I agree with. Um, the one thing that I will point out that another player that I think can make a difference and does elevate this team to going from, you know, almost getting swept by the Sixers to, um, like I I, I can reliably put them at an A, is they did add Otto Otto Porter Jr., which we saw, um, the kind of effect that he. Effect, there you go. I used the right word. Hey. Uh, you, know, you, uh, effect he had for the Golden State team. I definitely can say that without Otto Porter Jr., that it would have taken at least seven games for the Golden State to win that year uh, the finals. Um, you know, go out of all, uh, in all seriousness, Otto Porter Jr. was a key part of that team, uh, that won the finals last year. And I think that adding him does give you another option at that wing player, or even like if you go small ball of five um that helps uh so it's not just siakam uh uh van fleet and scotty barnes you have a fourth player that that can facilitate that can rebound that can score uh that helps this team uh be at eight and
0: i love i love what i saw all right coming in at number seven mitch who you got
1: I'm gonna go with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I really like their trade of getting Deontay Murray. Uh, he brings a lot of defense, especially at the guard position, which they need because you know Trey Young is not gonna give it to you. Um, and he's a great uh scorer. So to pair that with Trey Young is gonna be awesome for them. Um, if DeAndre Hunter can stay healthy, I think he's a really good uh wing for them, and the bench is pretty solid. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich has shown that he's better in that six man role, and I think he can thrive there. Aaron Holiday I think is a uh, very good backup point guard. Uh, Justin Holiday's a good backup wing, um, and Anoke Okongu um, I think has shown that he can be the center of the the future for the Hawks if they when they decide to move on from John Collins or Clint Capella, uh, which they could do this season, uh, depending on how the things go. But I uh, I really like what they're doing, and um, I I think they can get the seventh seed.
0: Want to hear my crazy number seven here gentlemen number seven for me the brooklyn nets um Mm -hmm. i just don't love what brooklyn did this offseason listen it, it your biggest real free agent was tj warren who hasn't been good since the bubble you've gotten healthier in a lot of ways joe harris being back is huge um but right now you've got Is he even, is he even, Oh, Nick Claxton's list has a power for it. Um, You've only got one true center on roster. Uh, I have no concept of how many games I'm going to get out of either Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant, let alone both of them together. You lost Bruce Brown, who I thought was one of your best players. You lost DeAndre Jordan. Um, You is Blake Griffin still on this team. I don't believe he is.
1: No, no.
0: Yeah. He went to the Celtics after banging Riley Rhodes. Um, Patty, you know, Patty Mills is, is a solid role-playing guard, but I don't really love Patty Mills. Um, and then you've got Ben Simmons and, and like, who knows what's going to happen with Ben Simmons, man. I've got zero faith in this Nets team. This is already a team where nobody wants to actually play together. Um, and when they did play together, they, they couldn't, they, it's never worked. It, it just frankly has not worked. And James Harden is a much better player than Ben Simmons is. Um, absolutely hands down and I just don't I don't see how this Nets roster is going to work because you're gonna have to play you're you're never going to be able to play all three of those guys Simmons Harden sorry Simmons Durant and Irving at the same time because your bench is so bad behind you that you're gonna have to rotate those guys in periodically and we've seen that that's what the Nets have had to do these last couple of years or they've had to try to trust that Kevin Durant can go out there and play a minimum of 48 minutes over a five, six, seven game stretch. And, and he can't do it. <clears throat> Listen, I, let me try, let me rephrase this. He can definitely do it. And he can definitely win you a lot of those games. Trust me, but his body is not going to hold up. And if it's his body, if it's not his body, that's failing him, it's going to be Ben Simmons and that phantom back spasm, or it's going to be Kyrie Irving, afraid of getting another shot from uh, whoever. So it, I got the Nets coming in at number seven, because there's just nothing to feel good about with the Brooklyn Nets. Unlike a lot of these other teams. Um, so seven,
2: um, I have Chicago,
1: the boys, oh.
2: um, cause, I even have them in the playoffs. <laughs> Same. Oh, uh, well, I don't have Atlanta in the playoffs, so.
0: You don't have Atlanta with Deontay Murray in the playoffs? Were
2: well, you
1: going to pick Chicago no. with Lonzo Ball out all year?
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, I honestly look at what Chicago <sighs> has because I look at Chicago last season, what they were able to do. Um, again, it relied a ton on uh Lazzo, but like again, this team is still Zach Levine. You have Dragic, who again is old uh at you know what it's been in the league for 14 years. Um you have but uh Io DeSumo uh DeSumo is uh, still one of my favorite young players in the league um you have kobe white uh like there's 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 so much depth at that point guard possession for this team um you got nikola vucevic who is still good. like there is so many good pieces on this team that is now going into a year two with each other and and again this kind of a spoiler because brady brady listed who he had for his um most improved player of the year i have for my uh coach of the year billy donovan um I absolutely love what Billy Donovan has been able to do as a coach throughout the years. I still think that it was, it was fucking crazy that OKC let him go. The reason that they let him go is because, is because he was coaching too well. Mm. We looked at, we looked at really bad OKC teams that were like, this team shouldn't be anywhere near the playoffs. And they were because Billy Donovan was able to scheme up, be able to do amazing things with worse worst teams than what he has in the roster for Chicago right now. And knowing how fucking crazy the East is, um, I I I honestly think that the Chicago can't take the seventh seed. I I don't I we have DeMar DeRozan who's coming off one of the best years of his career. Again, totally did just disappear there in the playoffs. Um uh a ton of depth at, at the guard position. You have Vucevic and Drummond in at the in the front court, right? Front court. Yes. Yeah. I always get confused. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, there is there's a lot of talent on this roster that can be used effectively. That's going into its second year together. And yes, the Lonzo injury is huge in terms of a facilitator and a true point guard. Um, but they can do a lot around that as well. Um, so yes, I have Chicago at seven. Um, because I honestly think that the Billy Donovan can, has done better with worse. Um, crazy,
0: you crazy boy, Mitch coming in at number six. Who you got?
1: Uh, this is where I'm going to put the Toronto Raptors. Uh, I think this is a really uh, feisty team. Uh, Scotty Barnes, I think, will take that next step. I think uh, Siakam can get back into form. OG, uh, is lot, I think he, he can get healthy and be a good contributor. Gary Trent, I think, he's probably their better guard that they have. I think Van Vliet's obviously got to play better, but I think the with the getting out of quarter, I think that really uh, upgrades the bench, especially with uh, Thaddeus Young already there, so... With this uh, league kind of being really driven by what you can do at the wing position, uh, the Raptors just have an abundance of options to uh, to just kind of circulate with. Um, And Preston Chichu is a nice young player. Um, So I think they can definitely get the sixth seed.
0: So me and Mitch are going to kind of flip-flop on a couple of teams here. Coming in at number six for me, I have the Miami Heat. Um, It's hard for me to discount a team that's got Jimmy Butler. It's harder for me to discount a team that's got Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. But I, I like a lot of the other key pieces that Miami has here. Listen, we, we sat there and we wondered what happened to Duncan Robinson towards the end of the season last year because of how well Max Stress was playing. He had a blown call that was called back for a three-pointer in that series against Boston that could have won the Heat that series, right? They called it a two, his foot wasn't on the line. The Heat were that close to beating Boston and going to the finals. It's crazy when you actually think about it, but you've got uh, Tyler Hero still on team, Duncan Robinson still on team, um, and I really, you know, Kyle Lowry, who yeah, he's getting up there the same way that uh, Chris Paul is, or only a year difference between the two. But I, I trust uh, kind of Jimmy Butler with his supporting cast a lot more than I trust like Devin Booker with his supporting cast because I remember the story of Jimmy Butler taking the threes and open up a can of whoop ass on the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves starters. But the reason I got the heat all the way up to six is because I actually really like the fact that Victor Oladipo is still on this team and he had a really solid resurgent season, but I actually really love their first round pick Nikola Jovic that they got at that forward position. I really like that guy. No, I right. I really liked that guy coming into this draft. I think the heat got a steal out of him. And we've seen that the heat are a great team in developing draft picks. I like the heat at six because I think they've got a good mixture of uh uh, starting talent and backcourt and uh, uh, bench depth that's going to work really well for them throughout the season, especially as that injury bug kind of kicks in. You add on that they've also got um, guys who played well for them these last couple of years: Dwayne Deadman on there, Gabe Vincent on there. Um, you know, to to really assist as well. And and I've got to give massive shout outs to Mister Udonis Haslam for coming back for another season. So I got the Heat coming up and coming in at number six there.
2: Okay. Um number six. I was, you know, thought I was do- saying a lot by putting this TV here, but my cousin just had a one up me. I have the Brooklyn Nets at six. Um for everything that the I, I a Story lot of the of different kinds of reasons. Yeah, six months ahead of me. <laughs> everything. Um uh but I it, a big part of it is one. I agree. James Harden is a much better player than Ben Ben Simmons. I don't really think that that is a hot take. I'll say no, the only not. thing I really think <laughs> I really think the only thing that Ben Simmons has that is better than James Harden is he's a better defender. Yes. That's it. Um, and even then, it's not like like James Harden is better at almost everything else. Um it, it's these it's it's the variables, it's the different kinds of things that we don't know what's gonna happen. It's literally Kyrie saying in why the Yacht swept Well, we don't have any chemistry. Well, why don't you have chemistry with your team, Kyrie? It's almost like you had to sit out half the year. I wonder why. Um, It's those kinds of things. It's it's the egos that are getting in the way of this team actually being good. Kevin Durant, I should have just stayed at Golden State. Like, I hate to say it, he would have had by this point, probably at least, he would have at least one more ring if he had stayed at Golden State. Mm-hmm. Um, Because again, Golden, in the, in the time that, KD has been in Brooklyn. Golden State went through a rebuild and won another national. Oh, uh, not and won another finals. Like, that's fucking insane. Um, Kyrie <laughs> is like again, when Kyrie KD are healthy and playing, they are two of the best players at their positions in the league. I don't think it's just, like Kyrie is one of the best point guards in the league. I don't think it's that that is a hot take. KD is one of the best player, all around players, if not one of the best uh wings in the league. I don't think that's a hot take. Those are two generational defining players. But the problem is that their egos, their attitudes, their burner accounts, and vaccines get in the way of this team actually being good. And that is that's not how a team should work. Um again, like I, I can honestly say probably that the two stars for brooklyn are better than the three better right now than the three stars that are in the clippers but because the clippers actually know how to put their egos aside and actually work together as a team it's close it's close i think you can make the argument but it's close that because the clippers can actually put their egos aside people are actually saying that this clippers teams can do good whereas we're all looking at brooklyn going none of these players should be on this team because none of them can put their ego aside and they all want to be the number one option but they can't steve nash doesn't know how to handle that this front office doesn't know how to handle it and you're trading waste and letting some of your best players go because you're trying to just pump more money in their pockets um and all that said, there's still going to be a playoff team because they're just good out of principle and talent alone, but talent isn't going to take them that far. You need actual <clears throat> tactics and, and a strategy of how to approach a game. And when you can see the Celtics who all around are just, we're just a better team, absolutely body this team in the playoffs with a KD, with James Harden with uh no, not James Harden. He was with Philadelphia by then yeah. um, with KD and Kyrie. Like, even if ben simmons isn't playing i don't think that i don't think that ben the, simmons was there brooklyn in spirit
1: i don't <laughs> i don't know about that Come on guys. <laughs> he was ready for that fifth game game five yeah like that,
2: that's that's part of it like i honestly think that there are teams that i have teams ahead of brooklyn that are probably worse talent wise but better structurally as a team um and that's what really keeps them down as a six is that they're not, they don't work together as a team. It's a, ser- it's a bunch of individuals playing a game together. Coming in at Cinco. Mitch,
0: who you got?
1: Yeah, I think the Brooklyn Nets talent takes them farther than you guys think to the number five seed. <laughs> Seven, six, five. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I have them at uh, the number five seed. Um, I think now with the – the COVID not being as big of a deal in the NBA, I think that obviously they'll get more out of Kyrie. Uh, Joe Harris coming back healthy, you know, obviously that adds more uh, shooting. Uh, Seth Curry was shown that he was just as good as, uh, I would say, as his brother uh, shooting from deep as well. Patty Mills, I think, is a good backup point guard. Um, The whole Ben Simmons thing, I think, I think it can work just because You know, with how many shooters they do have on the team, they really don't need any offense for Ben Simmons. And if Ben Simmons can just focus on being a facilitator and a defender, I think they can make that work. And uh, this team has always needed defense. And I think between him and Claxton and KD, I think they can bring it. And I think with more, the more offense that they bring in, um, uh, with, you know, just Joe Harris being healthy, bringing in a Royce O'Neal, TJ Warren, um, can Thomas, I think he take that next step. Uh, I think they can take uh, more off of uh, Katie's plate because I think Brady is right. Uh, as we've seen this, especially this past year that Kevin Durant is just having to put the team on his back. And by the time it comes to playoffs, uh, you know, he's getting swept by teams like the Celtics because he's just too fucking tired to uh, have any more gas in the tank. So I think the addition that they did make takes a little bit off his plate, but uh, like you guys said, there's definitely issues between the management, the coaching staff, the players themselves. So I think five is, is as high as I'm comfortable about uh, putting them. Um,
0: so you, got, you guys are, are really putting a little bit more faith in a Nets team where two of their starters are career sub-60% free throw shooters. Yeah. In Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton, then yeah. that's crazy to me. Well, okay, but like that's what I'm
2: crazy also, saying is like you me. also have you also have two of the best players of this generation on that. That's
0: team. fine. When I don't gotta play. foul them. I can just play a Hack of Simmons or Hacka Clax the way that the Celtics no. did in their series, and I can no, win every I, single I game of the fucking year. <laughs>
2: like... No, no, again, but Brady, that requires what 29 other teams to either one be able to do that which i don't think they all can. but i again i i don't think like saying brooklyn is the sixth seed is like really outrageous because i've seen some places where they're putting them three or two
0: no you're absolutely right i've seen that i've seen that too it's just it's yeah so it's like it's amazing so it's like i like i
2: like like it again like like it happens in the playoffs and it is continuously continue to happen it could honestly be Brooklyn's the sixth seed and they're one game behind or a half a game behind whoever's five. Like that's – it really could
0: just be that. Well, I'll move on to my number five. I got to go with the Atlanta Hawks here because I like the addition of Deontay Murray. I like it a lot. Um, I think it does make this defense (laughs) a lot better. Uh, Yeah, you you liked it so much you had them missing the playoffs. Um, I, I, I love <laughs> I the addition of Deontay Murray. I think that's I love that when you look at this starting team, I don't have There's only one player who's above the age of 26. Like that's crazy <laughs> uh, of their starting roster. Of their starters, only one guy's above 26, and that's Clint Capella. Um, <clears throat> Deontay Murray makes a terrible defense a little bit better. I still think that's going to be Atlanta's Achilles heel. But I agree with what Mitch said earlier. I love the additions of both Justin and Aaron Holiday. I love the addition of um, – uh, no, I'm sorry. Oguang Wu was already on there. Um, we saw Oguang Wu play in the playoffs quite a bit against Miami, and I thought he played really well. Um, uh, Bogdanovich coming off of uh, the bench I think works really well for them. Um, and then just, you know, uh, having John Collins fully healthy is huge because they missed him towards the end of that season. He's only 25, you guys. It feels like we've been talking about John Collins for like five years now. He's only 25. Um And then you add on Jalen Johnson, who's in there as well, DeAndre Hunter, who's in there. I think Atlanta's just got a really solid core, and they've got a good enough bench that they can rotate guys to where if they wanted to limit the minutes that Trey Young or Deontay Murray were playing, um, that they could do that and still be be wildly successful. I think all in all, this is a better built team than teams like Miami, or not Miami. Um, I have them higher than Miami, but I still, I'm not going to fully say Miami. Better than like Chicago, better than Brooklyn, better than um, the Knicks, obviously, um, better than Toronto, better than a lot of these other teams. Uh, And they struggled last year. Don't get me wrong. But if Trey Young has a teammate that they thought has a teammate who can help produce offensively for him the way that they hoped Bogdanovich would be a couple of years ago, um, and the way that he was when they went all the way to the Eastern conference finals and were up against the bucks in that series there. I think, I think Atlanta's going to be a lot better this year. I got Atlanta coming in at number five.
2: I really feel like I'm taking some chances on some of these teams that I think the rest of you don't like, or if you do, you have more faith in them than I do. But with this next team, I don't think you do. Um, and that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. I have them as my five. Um, and I look at this team right now. Um, last season, they went what was it? Um, uh, they went forty-four and thirty-eight, and technically finished as eighth in the Eastern Conference Finals, but because they were playing, got bounced, didn't make the playoffs. Um, and you added Donovan Mitchell. Um, and again, as much shit as we want to give Donovan Mitchell rightfully so donovan mitchell deserves shit because he's not the player that he thinks he is um he's still a decent player um and he gives them a a a kind of player that they have he gives them a a shooting guard which they have a ton of points but they don't have a shooting guard and i look at this roster and i look at what they're able to do um what um the you look at uh defensively that they were able to do do some really good things but I, i love what darius garland and um Where's he at? Oh, no, they traded him now. No, no Darius Garland is still there. Um, Darius Garland. It was the other they, point guard. That they, they, they traded Sexton. Colin Sexton was the one that traded. Darius Garland has done very good things. Uh, looking at him last season, sorry. Um, he led the team in points. He had 21.7, 21 points per game. He was averaging almost uh, nine assists per game, uh, uh, a steal per game. He did amazing things. And that doesn't even get into some of the other great young talent that they have on this team. Evan Mobley uh, really, really showed up for this team and what he was able to do. But the, the key for me, besides getting Donovan Mitchell, the key for me and what um makes this team actually secure a, uh, a playoff spot is that Karis LeVert should be healthy coming into this season. He only played 16 games last season. Um, Caris Levert, we saw with, with Brooklyn with, with the Pacers, was able to be a difference maker on these different kinds of teams. Um, he's not needed to be the superstar of this team. This team is just going to be fundamentally good, structured as a team. You can look at the one through the five, and I honestly think that they have a pretty good set. It's gonna be how this how this depth plays for them. But when I'm looking again at their depth, and I'm looking at um wow, it's just really slow. My computer is really slow. Right now, um, you have uh, City Osman, you have um, uh, Jared Allen, Ricky Rubio, uh, Raul Neto, um, Robin Lopez, some guys that are some veterans in this uh, in this league that know how to play well that they they've been on playoff teams, um, that helps you establish for these younger players what is actually needed, um, so and again, like I'm saying, Jared Allen is the is the veteran and he's a year older than me, um not even uh like the that is that is honestly i i like what this team is able to do a young core that has a lot of veterans helping them out in the bench and working as depth we, we've we seen that that can work and that can help and i just think from a team standpoint that it's just going to be better than brooklyn um and that if you're already knocking out the door last season because a lot of us were surprised by how good cleveland was i they mean, definitely teetered out towards the end i think that Another season with this team allows them to gain more consistency and having Karis Lavert back and then getting um uh Donovan Mitchell, who is a, a good scorer on this team, which is one thing that they struggled with, that they weren't scoring as many points as they could. Um, that helps you just elevate even more. And I think that they can take the five seed. All righty coming
0: in at number four, Mitch, who you got?
1: Um, I'm going to take more of a chance than Skyler just did. I'm going to have the Cavs at number four. Then oh shit, nice. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that uh, Darius Garland is a very uh, a great up and coming point guard. I think he's kind of a little bit underrated just because he plays for uh, Cleveland. I think Donovan Mitchell gets a lot of hate that's kind of undeserved. I think that's kind of the situation that Utah was where. The offense was all on him. The defense was all on Rudy Gobert. And If the other guys could contribute in some other way, that's good. Uh, so with not having that kind of switching situation, I think he can shine a little bit more in that shooting guard position in Cleveland um, to pair with Evan Mobley, who I thought should have been rookie of the year last year, uh, just given what he's able to do on offense and defense and Jared Allen being healthy, I think is a really key reason why they weren't able to get farther in the plan than they did. So with him being healthy, I think that's awesome. Uh, Kevin Love has shown that he's a great six man. Um, Karius Slavert, I think, will be a great uh, either a small forward or coming off the bench for them, depending on how they want to do that. Uh, getting a guy like Ricky Rubio to be that backup point guard, I think, was a really uh, savvy move for them to bring back into the fold. So I really like this team and what they can do. Um, so I'm going to put them at the four just because uh, the <clears throat> other three teams are just in a, uh, another league above them.
0: So I wanted to change this just to stick it to both of you, but I also have Cleveland coming in at number four. Um, you know what? I'm
2: happy with that. I'm happy.
0: I, I honestly, when I said it,
2: in your reactions to it, I was like, Oh, I really took a chance here. No, I'm good. No, I'm
0: glad. Thanks. Um, no, I got, I, I listen. I, I really like what Cleveland's got on paper here. Right. Um, I love the mixture of uh, veteran leadership in guys like Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love <laughs> um, with and, and Donovan Mitchell with some of these younger players, Uh, Darius Garland, I I think is a fantastic player. I think he's one of the smoothest basketball players I've ever watched. His game is just so fucking smooth. It's like watching artwork. It's great. Um, I I love Evan Mobley, but I also like who they drafted last year. I really like that they added Isaiah Mobley um, as a forward in here uh, as well. I kind of like the duo there. Um, He is on a two-way contract with them. You're right. He is on a, I understand, but I love the depth. Um, but adding, I'll go a little bit more in depth than Skyler did. Having Karis LeVert back is huge. I think having Jared Allen back is even bigger because Jared. Remember, Jared Allen was hurt in that play-in tournament, and if Jared Allen plays, I think Jared. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Nets in that play-in tournament. This dude last year had his best season in the pros. Um, uh, last year he tied for uh, his best season for. Uh, uh defensive or sorry, yeah. Defensive rebounds per game. Sorry, offensive rebounds per no. Uh I'm Total. so sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. He had his best season overall rebounding. He had his best season overall in points per game. He tied uh his best season in uh for field goal percentage at 67.7. Uh and he played uh and he was averaging 32 minutes per game, which was the most that he's averaged. So he he was putting up these numbers without even playing fully a a quarter of the basketball game. If you can get him up to that 35, 36, 38 number minute, um, minute count. I I think that he could very easily put up 20 and 13 uh, points and rebounds there for you. So pairing him with Karis Levert really solidifies your front court adding Darius Garland, who, who is not only a fluid scorer but is also a really underrated facilitator to to go with donovan mitchell who now can attack on the inside and won't be fully expected to just sit on the three-point line and hit three-pointers the way that the jazz wanted him to remember the jazz led the league the last couple of years in amount of three-point shots taken and amount of three-point shots made um it's absolutely massive i I love what this cleveland team has you then add on this you guys you got other bench guys like CeeDee osman who i think has played uh you know pretty well for them um and uh, uh, I was going to say him, but he's not, he's not there anymore. Um, but I, I, I like what Cleveland has. My only knock on Cleveland is some of that depth, especially at the guard position, because outside of uh, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, you're running with Ricky Rubio and like Nito and or Neto, And those guys aren't huge scorers. So if somebody goes down, I think Cleveland's going to have a harder time trying to make up that offensive production. But I think that the beauty of the Donovan Mitchell trade is that they didn't bring Donovan Mitchell in to be a defensive guy. They brought him in to be the scoring guy. He's going to be a liability on defense. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But I think Cleveland is, is really good defensively with Darius Garland and uh, Jared Allen and Karis LeVert. It's going to make up for a lot of that. So I got Cleveland coming in at number four um, uh, for myself. Uh, Skyler, who you got at number four? I again, I'm just glad that
2: like I wasn't taking up. Like, I got shit for Chicago. I'm glad that you know that at least I would. I'm okay being the one that's a little bit less on uh Cleveland. Uh, but four is um Miami, so I'm high on Miami compared to YouTube. Um, and it's really because I loved what I saw in Jimmy Butler. Um, a lot of it is because again, I, I, I. I think I'm quoting my cousin here when I say, um, "I forgot how good Jimmy Butler is." Um, was that you that said that? Or yes, was that, Mitch? No, that was me. Oh, that, that was, Mitch. was Mitch. I, I'm so sorry, Mitch. I, oh, I'm dude. giving my cousin way too much credit. Yeah.
1: Um, I do
2: think that my, I do think that Miami is, uh, is a very, very good team. I, I honestly, um, I can't remember what year it was. It was, I think it was. Like a year or two after um LeBron was gone, when like all of Dwayne like when Dwayne Wade was in his like death rows, um as a player um, yeah I I was surprised Eric Spolstra was still the coach of that team, and it just kind of shows that Pat Riley and this organization actually puts faith in trying to build something. Um, Bam Adebayo is still one of the better and more fluid big men in in the league. Um, even if you're kind of if Robinson is Robinson really fell off a cliff. Um, but Tyler hero showed up as a a great six man. I agree with everything the guy said about Victor Oladipo. I think that he has continued to improve and had a great comeback season. I'm glad that he's still with them because it gives him another opportunity to continue to play well. Um, uh, you having, um, We saw that having a facilitator like uh Kyle Lowry actually helps his team a lot. Where you're not putting that into the in the hands of Tyler Hero or, or um, Jimmy Butler, um, you're doing really good things. And Udinese Haslam is back again, um, and that for uh, the only reason is why
0: they're the four seed. All right, number three, Mitch, who you got?
1: Um, I'm gonna go with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you know, obviously getting Chris Middleton back at some point is going to help them this year. But for right now it looks like he's going to be missing a little, uh, at least the opening of the season, which I think is going to hurt them when it comes to just the overall seating. Um, the same going with Pat content, who looks like he's going to be out three to four weeks uh, as well. So I think that hurts him with the depth, um, but those guys will be back when the basketball counts, Um, you know, Grayson Allen, hopefully can find his shot again. I mean, Against Chicago, he looked amazing, but when it came time to play against a real defense like uh, the Celtics, uh, the shot just kind of was lost on him. It really hurt us, so uh, hopefully he can find that again. Um, Bobby Porter showed he's one of the better uh, six men in the league. Um, I do like the signing of uh, what's his name? Joe Ingles. Um, obviously, he's not going to be coming back until the second uh, half of the season, but I think he can really help obviously with the being a like, 40% three-point shooter. Um, a career guy, and with how he's a facilitator, I think that could really help. As we saw when Chris Milton was out last year, how much we struggled with that. So I think he helps with that. Uh, Javon Carter, I think, really emerged. Uh, was a good pickup for the Bucs as well, and hopefully with him, they being more secure and playing over George Hill. Uh, please God. Um, I think that really helps out help the bench out. And I do like them bringing back Serge Ibaka. Hopefully, I just he gets more minutes because I think he can. Be uh, play really well and like the, the PJ Tucker roll came off the bench, um. But I just think with the two injuries that we have right now, it's going to hurt them when it comes to overall wins and losses. So I got them at three.
0: Uh, yeah, we'll go two for two. I, I've also got Milwaukee at number three. Um, I wanted to go higher. I think if this was a fully healthy Milwaukee team, I'd probably put them at number one overall. In all honesty, um, because fully healthy, this is a very solidly built Milwaukee team. Not fully healthy though, and the issue is is not being healthy for a while. Conaton is going to be out for a couple of weeks. Middleton is going to be out for a couple of weeks. Ingles is going to be out for you know until January First realistically. Down. Yeah, um, I just I have issues with it. Listen, Brook Lopez fell apart in the playoffs last year. He's not getting any younger. I think he can still be a very good player, but his game is going to take a more severe step back this next year. What I like is that I, I want to see Milwaukee use that that first round draft pick and Marshawn Bochamp. Um, I want to see them use him the way that, that he should be used. He needs to work on a three point shot, but I think he's a very fluid player. I think he's a very good cutter. I think defensively has a lot of, he has a lot of, uh, a lot of up, uh, upside to it, but the the combination of Drew holiday and Giannis is going to be good enough to get the bucks into a good position um, uh, down the line and then getting Holiday, Giannis, Middleton back, Connaughton coming off the bench, Ingles getting some solid minutes coming off the bench. I think he's just going to help the Bucs all, all around. This was a Bucs team that shot the three-pointer abysmally bad last season after Middleton got hurt. It really cost them the, uh, the playoffs there. Game seven against the Celtics, Milwaukee couldn't hit a three-point shot to save their life, and the Celtics couldn't miss a three-point shot to save their life. Um, so, so my one... Outside of injuries, my big worry with this Bucks team is that this is a really old Bucks team, right? Like Chris Middleton, 31. Wesley Matthews, 36. Brooke Lopez, 34. Joe Ingles, 35. Serge Ibaka, Serge Ibaka 33. Drew Holiday, 32. Uh, George Hill, 36. Uh, Anto Antetokounmpo, 30. Um, that's just to name like a couple. A lot of those guys are your starters and they're running at 30 plus, 33 plus, 35 plus years old. Are you going to get eighty-two games out of these guys? Are you going to get sixty games out of these guys before a serious injury? And then, knowing realistically, you want to make a deep playoff run, which is what minimum twenty to twenty-two basketball games, um, give or take. How many? Ga- oh. How healthy are you going to be? Well. It, you know four series at four games a series minimum is 16 games so anywhere from 16 to 28 games at a max yeah no right? that, I, yeah i was doing the math and
2: i was agreeing with you That's Yeah, what,
0: so yeah. so how if you're fully playing if if your anticipation is to fully play another third to 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 another third of your season in the playoffs how how much are you going to get out of these 32 33 34 35 36 year old guys if you're going to be playing them a lot in the regular season and then if you're not playing them in the regular season what's your standing what's your record going to look like coming into that postseason that's where i have have real worries with this milwaukee team so that's why number three just feels solid for me
2: okay so good to know um i have at three i have philadelphia um philadelphia and it's honestly because it's looking at the two teams above them, I've seen that where I know I gave a lot of shit to Brady about, like, don't play semantics and these kinds of things. um. But one thing that is... Oh, but now he's going to play clear, semantics, is he? No. No, I'm not. Um, Something that, that has struggled is that like we saw Joel Embiid played 68 games last season. Um... Like the most games he had played in a season ever, and it was the best season he's ever had. But then we also saw going into the playoffs, he had a fractured face, um, and that didn't help at all. Uh, see, so, so like, Joel, and again, this this website threw me because it's like the basketball reference, and it said Joel Embiid's experience is six years, and I was like, that's wrong. It's because they don't count his first two years where he didn't play a single game, um, but like so, Joel Embiid. I think more than any other season last year had the best case for winning the MVP that he's ever had his entire career. If he continues to play that way, which I think so far in the Celtics game, he's playing pretty, pretty well. um, Like that, that is, that puts this team ahead. Uh, You have um, James Harden, who has shown that he is able, I think he has 22 points in the first half in this game. Yep. Uh, Cause again, this is opening night for, for basketball. Um, is continue to show that he is one of the most elite scorers in the league. A, a pretty good facilitator is a triple double. I don't know how he became so good at triple doubles, but he has, um, but he, he, he gives this team something that they needed and that's a secondary score. Um, but not just those guys. I, I have to like, Matisse, Matisse uh, thigh shake Milton, um, and uh, who's the other guy that I'm... and Tyrese Maxey? Those three younger players, wing players for them, have have done amazing things. I love to see what they're able to do. Those guys need to take a second step, and it's because I don't know if those guys can take the second step that's necessary. than uh keeping Philadelphia at the three. Um, I but I also love that they added De'Anthony Melton. We saw how good how key he was for Mem- uh Memphis. Yes. Memphis, yep. um, in that playoff run for them, um, and then you also get PJ Tucker, who just continues to just be a brick house of a defender, um, which is going to be great for when you're going up against teams like Boston, going up against teams like Brooklyn. Like you need that that very very tenacious, um, brick house of a defender. PJ Tucker tenacious. gives you that, gives you that. Um, and so for all those reasons. I'm keeping it at a three, and again, it's because I know that they're they this team doesn't always live up to expectations of what's needed for them. I'm Mitch is shaking his head a lot. You, you missed
1: a tenacious D reference in there. Uh, um, I just hate you so much for it. Oh, that's <laughs> what it is. Okay,
2: I was just like, uh, did I say something like horribly wrong? Um, and it's just no, I I deserve still way one. up. Uh tenacious D. Um. There's a there's a lot of really good things to like about this team, um, but Doc Rivers teams have underperformed in the past, um, and I I have no. Oh, reason but to I that was it.
0: crazy for saying uh, <laughs> no. and it's honestly because I no, because we'll get we'll get to it.
2: <laughs> Underperforming is still like 50 wins in a season in the third third seed. Um, it's it's more playoff team when they underprepare. Uh, but again, there's a lot of there's a lot of really good core experienced core players in this team and then it's a young it's a young after them and
0: so i think this this philadelphia team is built for success long term all righty number two mitch who you got
1: i'm going to go with uh skyler's favorite team the boston celtics uh obviously this is one of the better teams in the east coming out right now i mean the starting lineup is really good jaylen brown jason Tatum. i think our two uh, young emerging guys, Jason Tandem, I think, took that uh, step forward last year to really be considered in that like top 15, top 10 kind of conversation. Uh, Hal, for- Hal Horford and uh, Robert Williams are a really good pair as the big guys, but unfortunately, Robert Williams is going to be missing the first half of the year, which I think will drop some, some games for them. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, obviously, was a good, is a good decision for having this, that six-man role. I think he can thrive there. Um, and with him in the six-man, he won't get as much minutes, so hopefully he can stay healthier uh, throughout, you know, in 82 season. Grant Williams showed what he can do, a really nice 3-and-D guy. Um, I think Blake Griffin could be suitable as a backup Uh, in this role. Peyton Pritchard hopefully he gets a little bit more minutes and doesn't disappear like he did uh, when it came later in the playoffs. But, yeah, I think this is a really talented team, but I just think the Robert Williams injury and the whole not having – uh, Ime for the entire season, I think it's going to hurt them and cost them some games. And that's why they don't get the top seed, but number two.
0: I've got a really funny feeling that that me and Mitch are going to agree on on seeds one, two, and three. Because I've also got the Boston Celtics coming in at number two. There is a lot to like with this Boston team. Don't get me wrong. Adding Malcolm but uh, Brogdon was absolutely huge. Keeping Derek White, I think, is absolutely massive. Here's a couple of things I don't love. I don't love that your backcourt is a bunch of 30-year-olds and a dude who, can't, uh, who can only play on one knee right now. <laughs> like, the loss of Robert Williams is huge. <laughs> but the, the one fucking storyline that we sat there the entire postseason we heard out of Al Horford was, this dude is so good right now because he had half a season rest his last year at Oklahoma City, right? Well, now he's just played a, uh, a two six NBA Finals and is going to have to turn around and most likely be your starting center unless you're going to split minutes with Blake Griffin, which is also not ideal um, at your starting center position. That's where I really worry about is that that center power forward position because then the other free agent guy that you went and signed, Danilo uh, Gallinari, he's out for the season um, with a knee injury as well. So So I really worry about that front court with the Celtics that first half of the season, if Robert Williams is going to be out as long as he's going to be out, I, I've got massive questions because right now you're looking at, at power forwards of uh, Blake Griffin. Right now your power forwards on roster are Blake Griffin and Danilo Gallinari um, and Noah Vanlin and Grant Williams. And Grant Williams is a great player. Don't get me wrong. He's an absolutely fantastic basketball player. I just That's don't nice. know how this Celtics team in the front court is going gonna, is gonna, to uh, hold up. The backcourt, I think, might be the best in the East and might overall be the best in the NBA. With um, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, um, and uh, Derek White, Brogdon. and Malcolm Brogdon all in there, um, I, I, I think that this is a fantastic Celtics team. But I kind of agree with Mitch. The issues with Ime Udoka, the issues with uh, Grant Williams and some of these centers and power forwards that they have, I think is going to hurt Boston to a certain extent. Um, especially defensively, because that's where, I mean, Robert Williams was so good defensively. Al Horford was so good defensively um, for you guys in the playoffs last year. Um, But now a full regular season, and let's not forget, this is a a Celtics team that ended last year really well, but started the year 18 and 21. So now that you add on that you're going to start the year, Without a, a really good uh, uh, big man up there, without your head coach, I've got a couple. I've got a couple of worries. I think it's going to be a slow start for Boston. But once Robert Williams is back, they're going to write the ship defensively. They're going to be top notch. They're going to push for that second seed. But I, I possibly even push for that one seed. But I got him coming in at number two.
2: Um, again, I don't know why I thought the East was going to be less contentious. We all agree. Um, I also have Boston at the number two. Um fun fact, Brady to answer your question. The person that's getting the most minutes um in the backcourt besides Al Horford is Noah Vonley. Um with yeah, 18, I got the game going on right
0: now. Okay.
2: Um I I and again putting it at two is actually like like I don't want to I wanna put him lower because it's because it's a family thing we just don't like rating our teams high (laughs) um uh, i i think the malcolm brogdon signing um if he plays like he has so far in the first half (laughs) of this game um throughout the season i think it's a wonderful wonderful addition i think like brady hit it on the point i think the boston probably has the best backcourt in the East, at least, and if not, maybe the entire NBA going up there like Golden State, um, or um, uh, the the Clippers in terms of just quality and depth. Um, I I Al Horford is going to continue to be Al Horford. I I'm more concerned about, uh, how does Marcus Smart come back after that Defensive Player of the Year, uh. Like his, his his like one of his best defensive gears ever, and we just best as a player in general. Um, how do those minutes be shared between all of those backcourt players? Because you want to get all five of those guys out there. Um, how do you split that up? Um, how many, how many different times is one of the guys running at the three? Um, are you gonna be undersized on that side sometimes? Um, and then again, I do I do think that there it's gonna be how this interim head coach uh deals with rotations is going to be very very key um, throughout the entire season um, and so how you get those players in how you get their minutes handled how uh, you ride the hot hand how you do those different kinds of things um, whether or not Jason uh, uh, Jalen Brown has a good enough effect on the game uh, those are things that we need to keep an eye
0: out for Brady's watching
2: it. he didn't even hear the fuck you Brady um
1: I heard Skyler
2: Thank you Mitch uh, no I'm literally. just
0: watching Marcus smart flop up and down the court
1: oh uh, when I saw you <laughs> um, I do
0: think I do
2: think that Grant Williams uh Light, uh, uh horford um. And then whoever else they want to put in there, um, could do can hold up against a lot of these different teams. I mean, I, I I'm gonna assume who these guys have as their number one team in the East. They're currently tied right now, um. So I I think that that just shows that uh, the Celtics team can really play with anybody talent wise. It's just can this can the scheme part of it without Imadoka this entire season? Um, can that part of it? Because that's what we saw. He was really good. Was drawing up those schemes getting good rotations and things like that with him not being able to do anything with this team. Can that, can that part still work? Um And can this, you know, can Tatum and Brown continue to grow as a pair? I really think that they can. Um, so yeah. Boston number two.
0: All right. Number one, Mitch,
1: who you got? Washington Wizards because they have Johnny <laughs> Davis. So that makes him the bestest team in the East. <laughs> makes the bestest teams in the East in the NBA. Love them. <laughs> Nah, I got the Sixers. Um, I think Joel Embiid showed how great he can be. That I think he should have won MVP, but Jokic is still a good pick. Um, But I think he's going to have another great season. He's kind of showing it tonight. James Harden uh, is looking more like himself, as we've seen so far in this first game. So I think that's a great pairing. Tyrese Maxey, uh, I think he's a really good young player and having him at the point guard position and having a full season of being a starter, I think he's going to, Play really well. Uh, getting P.J. Tucker to play that powered forward position to bring them more defense, I think, was a really good move for them. And of course, at some point, he's going to decline. But even with the diminished P.J. Tucker, I think just being sandwiched between all these stars, he can still uh, do a great job. Um, I have, The bench, I think, is pretty solid between getting Anthony Melton um, from Memphis to be that backup point guard. Shake Melton's good. Uh, Daniel House, I think, has always been an underrated uh, bench guy. And Dybul's defense is really well. Um, and I think this is a really talented team. They know, that, you know, they know this could this could be their year. So I think they're going to come out of the um, East as the number one seed.
0: Coming out of the East as the number one seed. I agree with Mitch. I've also got the Philadelphia 76ers for all the reasons Mitch listed. Um, Melton, Milton, Dybul. Uh, Melton, Milton, and Matisse, I think, is is a really solid little – Say that uh, three times fast. Melton, Milton, Matisse, Melton, Milton, Matisse, Melton, Milton, Matisse. Um, I there think that go. I think it's just a solid little core of guys that they've got who wouldn't be considered superstars anywhere near uh that mark. But I think they can put up really solid numbers for you. Um if Joel can stay healthy the 76ers are one of the best teams in the east they're, we've seen it year after year um james harden i uh, to me watching this game has looked really good so far he's lost a lot of weight coming into the season a lot more than i expected um yeah, and they've got pizza
1: yeah, yeah I just took the suit off yeah
0: they've got uh they, <laughs> what's the line from like uh from uh from parks and recreation where where uh, they go and visit chris pratt's character in england they're like how did you they lose so 100 true. pounds and he's like i just stopped drinking beer like um, yeah uh uh I, I like. I also love how
2: that's pe- how they explain that away.
0: Yeah, right. Um, oh, some of their <laughs> other pieces that do got like uh, Kirk Mons and, um, uh, uh, oh my God, who's the, who's the dude? That, uh, Montrezl Harrell um, as a big man, as an additional big man there, um, I, I think really works for this uh, 76ers team. Um, this was a team that, you know, gave a lot of people the run for their money last year. Um, and if Joel Embiid stays healthy and that series – are heading into that series against the Heat, because remember he missed the first two games of that series um, when they fell down to to an 0-2 uh, deficit there. I think if Joel stays healthy, this is a really, really good 76ers basketball team. So I got to go 76ers at the one seat. Um I, I the ones you know I
2: take I take the team that honestly I think is the best team in the East and that's again uh, Milwaukee Bucks I, hey. I I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do the same thing I did with like I'm not gonna preach all of that and then not put Milwaukee one um because Milwaukee is the number one team in the in the East uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is um probably the best player in the NBA right now he continues to elevate the game. Being able to establish different kinds of things that we had never seen, like getting a jump shot, somewhat is continue to do great thing. Uh, continue to push the team forward. I mean, yeah, Chris Middleton and Conaton is another one that's injured. Yep. Yes. Um, and then Ingles and as well. I and Ingles. I mean, those are three play. I mean, the three, oh, two of the best white guys in basketball. Um, and then Conaton. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, and then uh, Middleton. Damn it. I don't, uh the they've um that's the part that is key for this team is how those that those wing players the the backcourt for this team play but having those three players plus Drew Holiday i think really elevates the team um and keeps them going i i understand the age um concerns uh for some of this team but i honestly think that once this team gets going, there's gonna be very few. It's like Giannis, once once he gets going, there's very few people that can stand in his way. I think it's gonna be the same for Milwaukee. Once this team gets going, starts getting on a run, there's gonna be very few teams that can stand in their way. I, I now again, I don't know if Milwaukee will be able to make it out of the East. Um, there's a lot of teams. I think Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia all can make it out of the east. Um uh but again, when I'm when I'm going one through eight, who I think the best teams are, um Milwaukee's number one.
0: All right, let's kick off our award season, then, gentlemen. Mitch, let's start off with you. MVP of the twenty twenty two NBA 2022, NBA season will be.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the year that Joel B finally does it. I mean, there was a lot of criticisms of why he didn't win it last year, but I think if he's the you know the guy of the number one team coming out of the East. Uh, I think he's got to be the MVP and uh, the naysayers and go fuck themselves because they won't have any excuses anymore. So I think this is Embiid's year. Am I
2: going? Yep. Um, I'm sorry. Were you too busy watching uh, Marcus? Sorry. No, I was. Oh, yeah. I have mine um, if we want to keep the no. order. I'm sorry. No, I got you. I got you. Um, I am going to be a, a hometown person. Um, and I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. Uh, Jason uh-huh. Tatum. That's better than Tatum. Marcus Smart. Uh, no, not Marcus Smart, Tatum. Um, uh, MVP's going to be – Derek White this year? Uh, no, uh, Tatum continues to elevate his game, continues to get better uh, as a player being able to – I mean, I think we saw uh, some of the best um, from him last season. I think there's just more to come. Um, and if he continues on the path that he has the last, you know, six years in the league that he's been here – no, five years in the league that he's been here um, – that yeah, I I have all the faith in the world. And it's to be MVP. I think he finished sixth in MVP voting last season. Um, and I, I think there's more from him. I think he can do more. I think we saw in the playoffs that he was able to take over games at different times. Um, I don't think he's going to be hampered by the likes of you know a a, a Jalen Brown or a Marcus Smart or uh um uh, uh, name insert Celtics player Peyton. Peyton Pritchard, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think Jason Tatum is is the bona fide, is is a bona fide star in this league and is very, very I, – I, I'm just going to put him because I really didn't know who to pick outside of that. Um, so, Tatum.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with my hometown boy, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Listen, he's yeah. finished top four in MVP voting every year since 2019. He won it back-to-back years in 2019, 2020. Here's where I think Giannis is going to win MVP. For the first half of the season – He's not really going to have Chris Middleton to work with. He's going to have to do a lot of work on his own. That's where he's going to put up the points per game and the rebounds per game. The second half of the season, though, once you get guys Connaughton fully healthy, Middleton fully healthy, and I know that it won't take a half of the season for those guys to come back, but then Ingles fully healthy, and you're going to be able to get Giannis going downhill and the opposing teams having to cover those three point shooters on the edges. It's going to open up a lot more opportunity for Giannis through the assisting game. He went from a good passer last year to a great passer. I'm going to go with Giannis to win his third MVP award. Skyler, kick us off here with rookie of the year. Who do you think it's going to be? This one was the roughest one for me because,
2: like, you can't be like – like, we have nothing to go on. Like, the season hasn't started. There's nobody to be like – and so it's like, okay, so who do I think? It's going to be the guy that dropped, should have been picked in the top three but wasn't. I'm going to go with Jaden Ivey. Um, I Ooh. honestly think that because he was picked up at Pistons, right? Am I yep. wrong on that? Yep, He's
1: um, in Detroit.
2: Yeah, between Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey now, um, on this team, I think the Pistons are going to be a, a sneaky team in the East to watch out for. Um, I don't think that I don't know if they're, they're not going to be a planned team, but I mean they're gonna they're gonna they're they're not going to be an easy win. Um, and I think Jaden Ivey is going to be a lot of, a lot of that. And I I, I think that all, all of us can sit there and agree um, coming out of Purdue, the guy should have been a top three pick um, and he slid to the Pistons at five. And I think anybody would have been just ecstatic to have him. And I think the Detroit gets to reap the benefits of that. And now has a very, very good young core. Um, and I think Jaden Ivey oh, walks away with the rookie of the year. Um, and this is just
0: on a hunch. It's literally me looking at the top 10 picks and being like, who do I think is going to win it? <laughs> All right, I'll kick us off or, or sorry, i'll uh, I'll mo- go next year. I'm gonna go with Paolo Benchero. Um, listen this dude only played in two summer league games because he was just too fucking good. Um, he averaged over <laughs> twenty points per game in those in those games. But I was really impressed with his passing. And I think that with a with a magic team that doesn't have any expectations on them this year, um and with him being able to to play with some of those other really solid young players that he's got, I- I'm excited to watch him play. My hesitation with Paolo Benchero is kind of that issue that his own body has, right? He loses – I believe I read that he loses almost five pounds of weight during games because his body sweats so much. He's going from a college atmosphere where he's playing, what, 30 regular season games, four tournament games, and then maybe, uh, what, six NCAA tournament games to make it all the way to the national championship? So he's not even playing Um – 16, 64, 32, 16, eight, four Championship Six.
2: Yeah. Six. Um, yeah.
0: No, I was just trying to count. So, so he's coming from a, a situation where he's playing best case scenario, maybe about 40 games a year to now he's going to be expected to play a minimum of about 60. If he's healthy, how's his body going to respond to that? He's got a special formula that he drinks. He's got special things that he does to his body listen, a 6'10 player who can score the way he can, who can pass the way he can, and I think who's rather underrated defensively. I'm going to go with Paolo Benchero to win uh, uh, Rookie of the Year.
1: Mitch? Yeah. Um, I mean, I wanted to, going into the season, I thought that uh, Chet Holgum had a really good shot just because of the team that he was on, but obviously he's going to be out for the year, which is really sad. So I think by default, I'm just going to go with Paolo Banchero, which is going to the reasons that Brady said, um, just because of the team he's on. I think, he, you know, it's a solid young uh, backcourt that can really facilitate and get the ball to him, and I think he can thrive. And Like you said, uh, I think he's a very underrated defender, and, you know, there's a reason why he was taken out of the pre-summer uh, league after two games. He's just that good. So I think by default, uh, he just kind of wins uh, rookie of the year.
0: All righty. I'll kick us off with defensive player of the year. I'm gonna go with Bam Adebayo. Um, I, I think that he's kind of been. <sighs> Listen, Rudy Gobert is the easy pick here. Um, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock anybody who picks Rudy Gobert. I think that you can put other guys like Giannis up up there with that. Um, but I I'm gonna take Bam Adebayo. I think that the 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 East has a lot of big men that he's gonna be kind of forgotten. But this dude averages almost a steal and a half a game, almost a block per game. And I think his defensive game has gotten better every year he's been in the NBA. Um, so I'm going to go to a little bit of a dark horse underdog defensive player of the year just because I really don't want to see Rudy Gobert win it um, ever again. Uh, and I'm going to go with Bam bio.
1: Mitch? Oh, me? Okay. Um, I'll go with the easy pick and go with uh, Rudy Gobert. Um, <laughs> this- Look, it's just tough to pick like anybody else. Like it I is, it guys, really is. I could pick a, a Bam, I could pick a Marcus Smart or Drew Holiday, like any other kind of guy. But it just always seems like the the people who vote on this go with Rudy Gobert, so it's just not smart to pick against him. So I would go with Gobert just because you know he always wins it, and with him going to Minnesota, it's gonna he's gonna be counted on to be pretty much the the majority of the defense again. So he'll probably win it in Minnesota.
2: You know what's uh going out what's more going out on a limb than picking another big man? Uh picking a guard to win it two years in a row. Marcus Smart. Um you know what? I honestly think of any guard in the NBA, he is the best defensive guard in the in the in the NBA. Um and he's gonna be uh asked to do a lot in the East. Um to be that good of a player and continuously go up against the best wing player that the other team has to offer. Um, uh, He is, wow, that was a bad flop. Um, uh, It's just, he's one of the, he's one of the best defenders. He's the first defender to win the uh, defensive player of the year award since Gary Payton did it in the nineties. And it, he is the heart and soul of the Celtics team. Like it's, like as good as he is defensively is going to be how this team excels. He's the best defender on one of the best defensive teams in the league. I mean, three different uh players from the Celtics had defensive player of the year um uh votes. Um, him, uh, Robert Williams and Al Horford. And then all, all five starters had defensive first team votes, um, which is insane. Marcus Smart is the best defender of all five of them. Um, and, and that is, I, I, I don't want Rudy Gobert to win it again either. Um, I don't really want a big man to win it either. And so with that, I, I'm going to go with Marcus Smart. A good, a good sneaky one. If Darius Garland keeps up the amount of steals he's getting
0: per game, he might sneak it in there too. Gross. Um, all right. So I'll kick us off with most improved player of the year. Um, I've already said mine. I think it's going to be Ant Edwards, um, just by virtue of like, it's gonna be it's gonna be another year that we get to see Ann Edwards, right? Like it's hard for me to think that with how good this dude was towards the end of last season, he's not gonna be even better this year. Um, now that he is gonna have a little bit more freedom. I think that for a lot of last season the offense was ran predominantly through D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. And this year, uh, this year I actually think Anthony Edwards is gonna get more chances to do more. Uh, As a basketball player, I think he's going to have a little bit more freedom. I think he's going to be able to dictate the offense a little bit more. And I think the offense is going to be ran through him a lot more Um, because you did, whether you, whether I want to admit it or not, they did get better on defense by adding Rudy Gobert. Um, And and so I, am going to go with, I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards. as my most improved player of the year. Uh, Mitch. Mitch. I don't know. Sometimes I just, I just like to change it up. Who do you got, Mitch?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think Edwards is a good pick. Um, It's just going to be interesting to see how much of a step that he takes because he already took a big one last year. Um, So I'm going to go with a guy that still has a – I think has more potential to show us than uh, Edwards right now, and I'm going to go with uh, Tyreek Maxey for the Sixers. Uh, I think he showed a lot during that postseason run, and I think he's he's able to take another step and do it throughout the entire season. I don't see why not uh, he can be the most improved player. I know James Harden's having a good game so far, but there's no guarantee that that happens throughout uh the season, or if he stays healthy for an entire season. And if he's gone, it's up to Maxi to be that uh, the backcourt guy. So I think he's gonna win most improved player this year.
2: I'm really taking the football approach to it. So it's an older veteran that is just coming back, and if he averages fifteen and ten or fifteen and five a game, he's gonna win it, John Wall. Um. I honestly think if John Wall has any kind of measure of success uh with the Clippers um and plays more than 50 games this season I think he's automatically just going to be getting votes um but just in how good of a player he is and that we haven't seen him in 2 years and he's rested the entire time um I got I, I I there's a lot of good players I think that Ant Edwards is a good one I think that Tyrese Maxey is a good one I think that you could put a bunch of different players in there for a most improved
0: player, but I honestly think John Walcombe's in there. All um, Mitch, kick us off here. Coach of the – or wait, you want to do Coach of the Year or do you want to do Sixth Man of the Year? I'll give you the choice.
2: Uh, let's go sixth we're doing of the
1: Sixth year. Man? Yeah. Why not? Was <sighs> yeah. shit. You can go oh, I Skyler. know what I'm yeah. pick. I know what I'm pick, yeah. Um, I know Skyler will like this pick, but I'm going to go with Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. Um, I mean, Melton Brogren is uh, obviously to be a starter at point guard for a lot of teams at the NBA, but, you know, with Marcus start taking that spot, they obviously don't need him, and like I said, with him being in that sixth man, he's going to get less minutes than he was used to in, like, Indiana and Milwaukee, and I think that's a good thing for him, especially with how injury-prone he is. Um, he, he's a great scorer, facilitator. He's a walking, uh, was it, 50, 40, 90 kind of guy, so uh, if he's able to get I don't know if he'll be able to get that off the bench, but if he gets close to that, I, I think he just blows away the competition for what is uh, the rest of the league has for six man of the year.
2: Uh, yeah, I agree with Mitch. It's Michael Brogdon. Um, it's just kind of, uh, he's he's it's kind of like unless you see like Tyler Hero doing what he did in Miami again. Um, I don't think you're gonna have a. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like no, I'm just saying you're not gonna have a ton of like starting caliber players that are coming off the bench.
0: I can think of um, one guy that, that y'all are completely missing on. Christian right. Wood? Nope. You you give yours and then I'll give mine and you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. No, no, I wanna I wanna figure it out.
2: Milwaukee is it, is it a Milwaukee guy? Nope. East or West? West.
0: Denver? Is it John Wall? It's Jordan Poole,
2: guys. Oh, um, I don't know how many games he's not going to be starting. Honestly, I Listen, I, gonna I honestly eat- think I'm. I'm going to say this. I honestly think it's more likely that Clay Clay Thompson was six man of the year than Jordan Poole does at this point. <laughs> uh, to keep to keep Thompson rested. Um, no, no, that's that's another good one. Malcolm Brogdon. It's it's literally what starting caliber player just happens to be the unlucky guy and has to come off the bench. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is the guy I'm going to go with because he, he, like Mitch said, he could be a starting point guard anywhere in the league. Um, and he's with Boston. And Marcus Mark has that job locked up uh, as a facilitator and a scorer. He's almost second to none in terms of what's coming off the bench.
0: Yeah, well, I've said mine. It's, J- it's Jordan Poole. Listen, this dude had his <laughs> best year uh, in the pros last year. Uh, averaged 30 minutes. Uh, per game, put up 18 and a half points. Uh in with uh, another assist. Uh, three, and a half, uh, three and a half rebounds, four assists, almost averages a steal per game. Um, and and regardless of if it's uh, Poole or Thompson coming off of the bench, somebody from Golden State is winning six man of the year here because Jordan Clarkson isn't going to have the opportunity to, to uh, win it anymore. Um, as he's kind of seemed to be a little to bit down. Right? <laughs> yeah, because he's got to start now. So, so yeah, I'm going to go with Jordan Poole because, listen, Malcolm Brogdon is a great player, but I think Jordan Poole is going to get a lot more playing time and a lot more opportunities than Malcolm Brogdon is going to end up getting with the Celtics. Um, and and so I'm going to go with Jordan Poole there. Uh, Skyler, Coach of the Year, who you taking? Uh, I already said it. it's Billy Donovan.
2: Um, I've said before he's done better with worse than what he has right now, and he got fired from OKC because he kept winning, um, and they didn't want to win. Uh, and so I think there's no indictment more on the fact that he's a good head coach than Billy Donovan. I think he can continue. Like if if Chicago becomes seventh in the playoff seeds, like I think they're gonna be. Uh, Billy Donovan wins it. Um, I think the only one that would be close is uh the interim head coach for Boston. If he can get the guys to one seed, I think he can get it. Or um, or the Cleveland head coach, two out of five. Um, I think those are. But I'm gonna go with Billy Donovan because he's done it before. Um, and I guarantee he can do it again.
0: Uh, all right, I'll go next here. I'm gonna take uh the guy who I have winning the one seed coming out of the West. I'm gonna go Mike Malone uh, winning coach of the year. Um for the Denver Nuggets there because, because I really am anticipating the Nuggets to have a really fantastic basketball season. Um, And I think a fully healthy Jamal Murray, he's done wonders for this Nuggets organization in the short time he's been there. Um, And he's been able to keep this team competitive without some of their best players, without having Jamal Murray, without having um, Michael Porter Jr. With, with having a rather poor bench. And now that they're now that they've got the best bench that they've had in a long time, Now that they've got a fully healthy uh, Jamal Murray and a fully healthy Michael Porter Jr., I expect wonders out of this team. So I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with uh, Mike Malone to win coach of the year.
1: Man, I'm just still stunned by Skyler's pick. Um, (laughs) I I guess going off how I kind of see the West, I'm going to go with my uh, number two seed then. I'm going to go with uh, Chris Finch for the Timberwolves. I just think with uh, the available talent that he has and – how good the West is if he's able to take him to the second seed. Uh, there's really nobody more deserving than.
0: All righty, folks. So that is our NBA preseason kind of predictions here. First game is kicked off. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye on the NBA season as the year progresses. There's going to be story left, there's going to be trades. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be heartbreak and uh, uh, moments of pure miracle. We're excited to bring it all to you. We're just going to have you. to make changes to his fantasy team. Yes, absolutely. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> so we're excited to bring it all to you guys. Let us know what your guys' thoughts are on the upcoming NBA uh, season. Email us at gmail.com, F-O-U-R-T-H, string SP at gmail.com. Have a fantastic night, everybody.